and this is Bloomberg Technology. Coming up in the next hour, Twitter starts to ban people who impersonate others. Musk saying to vote Republican. And some of the employees laid off last week. Well, some are being asked to come back to the office. Plus, China's COVID policies are undermining Apple's plans. Our Bloomberg scoop on the plan to cut iPhone production by millions of units. And FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr thinks the U.S. government should ban TikTok. Why and how far will he go to make it happen? He'll join us to explain. We're going to get to all of that in a moment, but first I want to get a look at the markets. Tech stocks rallying for a second day, taking time to find their feet ahead of key U.S. midterm elections. Earnings season also continuing. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow here with the big moves. Ed. Yeah, and the big moves in Lyft. You look at that performance after hours were down more than 12%. And it's interesting, Lyft beat on the bottom line in the quarter, but ridership growth really disappointing. The company added 20.3 million active riders in the third quarter, but the estimate from the street was 21.1 million. How different a story is that for Lyft compared with Uber, which just a week ago or so grew its ridership by 22% and had financial outperformance as well. So Lyft giving us a pretty worrying picture about that company now down 13% in after hour. You're right. It was kind of a slow moving day, to be honest with you, in financial markets. The Nasdaq 100 up for the second straight day, only the second two day gain for about 10 sessions. But there was some outperformance, particularly in semiconductors. This at a time where yields continue to push high. You look at the US 10 year Treasury at 4.2%. And also Bitcoin. I actually posed this question on Twitter. So if you have a good answer to this, at me. Um, but Bitcoin trading in this kind of narrow range for much of the last two weeks between 20,000 and 21,000 US dollars per token. Why? We've seen so much in the news flow, much from the Fed, earnings season, a lot of sort of nervousness across financial markets, but Bitcoin's kind of holding in this narrow range and pretty steady. There was a slew of technology news to digest on Monday as well. Um, separate and without any sort of hard news peg was Tesla, which was the clear laggard across technology shares, particularly on the Nasdaq 100, down 5%, closing at its lowest level since June of 2021. We'll dig into that later in the program then. Apple actually closing up four tenths of 1%. It had been lower for much of the session and on track for a sixth consecutive 
day of declines. That's following a Bloomberg scoop that Apple is paring back its iPhone shipment target by 3 million units this year, according to sources. Much of that to do with a weakness in demand for the lower end handsets, but also the company coming out with a statement Sunday saying that COVID lockdowns in the Zhengzhou region, where Foxconn actually assembles much of the pro models, um, is going to impact the supply side of this equation. And then you look at Meta platforms, up 6.5%, having its best jump since July after a media report that we're on track for actual layoffs to come out of Meta this week. I think you've got more on that story. We do, Ed. Thank you. Uh, in addition to that, Twitter asking some laid-off employees to come back and beginning to permanently ban users who impersonate real people. Meantime, as Ed said, Meta reportedly cutting thousands of jobs. As soon as this week, Bloomberg's Kurt Wagner joins us to talk about this more. And Kurt, of course, you've been very busy covering both Meta and Twitter. Let's start with Meta and get that out of the way. Is Meta planning to lay off thousands of people this week? What do we know? Yeah, I mean, the company is obviously not confirming anything, but, you know, pointing people to what Mark Zuckerberg has said previously on earnings calls, which is that they are planning for cuts, right? And that this is something that he's also told employees at an all-hands meeting just a, a few months ago is that the company is going to look a lot smaller at the end of 2023 than it is, uh, you know, right now in 2022, right? So all of those things seem to suggest that that something like this is coming uh, obviously, I think they could probably learn a, a thing or two from what happened at Twitter over the past week in terms of how not to handle a situation like this with employees and 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 all the information um, that is shared. I imagine Meta will probably be a little bit more uh, structured in whatever they ultimately end up doing. But it does feel like something like this is probably uh, uh, coming very soon. So let's talk about what is actually happening then at Twitter. You, of course, reported that more than 3,700 people would be laid off. Has that happened? Have all of those people been told? And is Elon Musk really trying to get some of those people back? And if so, how many? Yeah, so the there were massive layoffs that started uh, kind of Thursday night of last week. Employees started losing access to their internal systems like email and Slack and things like that. And on Friday, we you know saw the the bulk of the layoffs happen. Um, I believe the internal kind of employee they they tracked the number of employees at the company internally, and there's a, a it's around 3,700, 3,800 employees right now, um, which was down from about 7,500 um, at the beginning of the year, right? So so thousands of people have been cut in just uh, the last couple of days. And as you mentioned, Emily, yes, you know when you do something so drastic so quickly. Uh, there were mistakes that were made. There were some employees who were laid off who were done so accidentally. There were some who were laid off that the company then realized, oh boy, we actually need them. We need their expertise in the building. And so uh, we're told that you know dozens of, of employees um, were approached over the weekend and even heading into today about uh, returning. I don't know of anyone who's actually accepted that offer. I think it's going to be a tough sell um, to convince someone who you know was just fired to essentially go back to the company that just fired them, even if it was a mistake. Meantime, Musk has said there'll be an independent board focused on content moderation, but it looks like some users are already being banned um, for impersonating real people. Parody accounts, as you know, have been uh, quite popular on Twitter for, for many, many years. Talk to us about what's happening here. 
Yeah, not just impersonating real people, but impersonating Elon Musk, right? That seems to be uh, the the line that a lot of people are crossing. But what's interesting here is, you know, Elon, when he was uh, talking about buying this company, he said he didn't believe in lifetime pans, right? That was sort of part of his thing. He was like, I, when I get in, I'm going to I'm going to remove these things. He's, he's taken a softer stance, stance since, since then and said that he's going to review these with sort of an outside counsel. We don't know who's on that counsel. We don't know if they've actually had any conversations yet. But it is interesting that, you know, he's sort of kind of crossing this line here and saying, hey, if you're impersonating someone, we're, we're going to boot you. I have to imagine, you know, this is coming from a lot of the pushback he's getting on this blue check verification process we've been talking about, Emily, which is where if you pay $8 a month, you're soon going to be able to have kind of that blue check mark next to your name. Historically, that's been to verify that you are the actual person uh, who you claim to be on the account. But now it seems like you're just going to be able to buy that check uh, for the $8 without any actual uh, verification of your identity. So that's probably why he's now trying to get ahead of people who are impersonating both himself, but presumably other, uh, you know, famous or, or well-known users. And then, and then last quick question, because I, I just have to ask, he is yeah. now encouraging voters to vote Republican and also right. went to great lengths to say he is a registered independent. He's voted entirely Democrat until now. Why, why is he, why is he going this far? Well, he, he claims in his tweet that, you know, the uh, White House is, you know, run by a Democrat president. And so to counterbalance that power, we should have uh, Republicans who are, um, you know, running or controlling Congress. Uh, but this is something that's been sort of a, a change for him over the last couple of uh, months. He told employees at an all-hands-in-June that he voted Republican for the first time. It feels like he is sort of swinging that way. It's just very interesting, Emily, that he would come out and say it so bluntly like this. Could you imagine, for example, if Mark Zuckerberg came out and took a very strong political stance like this, right? I feel like people would be absolutely up in arms, losing their mind over that. But, you know, the fact that uh, it's Elon Musk and the fact that He's saying vote Republican, and those are typically uh, conservatives seem to be the ones who typically have the biggest issue with, uh, you know, these social networks and, and the speech on them. I feel like maybe people are OK with that, given the stance that he's taken here. Right. It, it's it's wild indeed when you put it that way. OK, Bloomberg's Kurt Wagner, thank you. We'll continue to follow your reporting. I do want to dig into another Bloomberg scoop from this weekend. Apple expecting to make at least three million fewer iPhone 14s than originally planned for the year. Our Mark Gurman broke that story, joins me now. Mark, why is Apple making these production cuts? So two things going on here, right? You have the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Plus, which are the lower end phones. And then you have the iPhone 14 Pro and the iPhone 14 Pro Max, which are the higher end phones. Now, in terms of the 3 million units for that production cut that we wrote about, going from 90 million through the year to 87 million, that's because of softer demand that has plagued those two lower-end iPhone 14s really from the beginning of their release, right? The iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, that's a supply issue. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, Apple put out a warning discussing how their outlook for iPhone units sold is going to be lower than anticipated because of the output at their Foxconn facility for those two particular, particular models in China going mostly offline due to COVID uh, protocols. So clearly there's both a supply and demand issue depending on which models of the iPhone 14 you're looking at. How will the 
this impact the the company's outlook, Mark? I mean, you've reported about um, you know spending being more. Tim Cook told us he was going to be more deliberate about spending. Then you've been getting pretty granular in your reporting about what rules uh, they plan to cut, what rules they plan to keep. Um, you know, how does this fit into Apple's bigger picture? Yeah, right now, it seems pretty clear that revenue for the holiday quarter, which they'll announce at the end of January, this quarter runs through December 31, 2022, it's going to come in a little bit lower than expected, right? When Apple held their earnings about a week ago, they didn't know this was the case. The COVID-19 related lockdowns, that was just emerging in the days after that. That's why they had to put this statement out over the weekend to indicate that there is some sort of change here uh, from what they spoke about previously. Now, the good news for Apple, from a financial regulation standpoint, they didn't give any formal guidance. They didn't say our revenue is going to come in between X amount and X amount. They said that growth is going to come in slower than the 8% we saw in the fourth quarter, right? And then Luca Maestri, the Apple CFO, was asked, does that mean you're going to see an annual decline from the holiday quarter? He said it's just going to be less than 8%. So that could mean 7% or that could mean negative 2%, right? We really won't know until they announce those results. But certainly, it seems like the numbers are going to come in lower than the $128 billion of revenue that Wall Street had been looking for for the holiday quarter because their most important product, the iPhone 14 Pro line, that's going to come in lower than expected because of lower shipments and also means delays for deliveries for consumers. All right. Uh, we're going to continue to follow your reporting on this, Mark. Thank you uh, so much Thank for you. all of those updates, Bloomberg's. Mark Gurman, lots to digest. In the meantime, the CEO of the tech identity giant Okta joins us to talk about how the looming recession is impacting sales and his thoughts on Elon Musk's take on verification. Next, this is Bloomberg. Secure and protect online identity has only become more important as more businesses go all in on a digital world. This week, the cloud identity software provider Okta is holding an investor day to talk about the future of our digital and digital identities, along with its biggest customer event of the year. Joining me now, Okta CEO and co-founder Todd McKinnon. Todd, great to have you back here as always. So look, everyone is talking about the outlook right now. It seems like every company is laying off folks. We're expecting potentially thousands of layoffs at Meta alone. What are you seeing in the sales environment in terms of the appetite to buy your software and enterprise software right now? Well, the first thing we're really excited about is the appetite for folks to come to this conference. It's the first time we've had our Octane event in person in three years, and the whole thing is sold out. We're oversubscribed. That's both from our customer event, our investor event, so people are incredibly interested in this topic. And what do you know? They like to be together in, pers in person, which is a powerful platform for us to start telling the story. And as you did, as you mentioned, Emily, everyone, this is a different world than we were in a year ago. Everyone is worried about the economic uncertainty. Everyone is really scrutinizing their investments to make sure that they spend their dollars on the things that are going to move their businesses forward. And the good thing for us, as they make those decisions, identity is coming up as a very strategic initiative they should invest in. What is your outlook given the macro environment, Todd, and how are you thinking 
about jobs and spending. Are you planning any layoffs? Are you planning to cut back anywhere? We are not planning layoffs, but like every other company, we're really scrutinizing where we're investing. And we think our team is a great investment. They're the best in the industry and they're gonna help our customers be successful. But across the board, everyone is trying to do more with less, make sure that every dollar we spend is in the highest ROI area. And what you see from our customers is that they're getting a huge return on their investments in identity. It's not just for security, and it's not just for IT productivity, it's also for customers. They can build better customer relationships, they can drive new revenue channels, and that's what you wanna do when there's a time of economic uncertainty. You wanna make sure you cut costs and have good investment in terms of what you're spending your money on, but you also have to drive growth because a lot of times, that's when you can get ahead of your competitors. When they're cutting back, you can invest in the right areas and move forward. Meantime, digital authentication services are still a huge prize for hackers. Of course, we've talked about the, the, the hack that Okta had to deal with earlier this year. Twilio also dealing with one as well. How would you say uh, the threat level has changed and what are you doing to stay on top of it? Well, one thing that doesn't change is that whether the, there's economic uncertainty or how people are thinking about investments, the risk from security breaches and the regulatory overview that comes when there's a security breach and the cost that puts on companies, that is consistent, that's always there. So companies have to invest in their cyber posture and they have to make sure they have the, a great founda foundation to keep everything secure. They of course have to make sure they're spending the right investments and getting the best innovation for that money. But cybersecurity is something that's it's re it's recession resistant. I'm curious what you think of Elon Musk's approach to verification, this idea of knowing your customer, proving identity, when others are saying this is just a way to pay to play. Well, I think that Twitter is a is a great technology company. It's changed the world. And even a company like Twitter has to do a better job connecting with their customers, whether that's figuring out who gets the blue check mark, whether that's figuring out what's a bot and what's not a bot. These things in the in the takeover of Twitter and as, as Elon comes in to run the company, these things have come up over and over again. So it just goes to show you if Twitter has these challenges and these opportunities by they could reap the benefits of getting to know their customers better, think about every other company, every other organization in the world. If they can know their customers, if they can build great products and service for them that validate the right users, get them into the right capabilities, that's going to be a, a really a groundswell for every organization in the world. And that's what everyone's trying to do. And that's why it all comes back to identity, because you have to know who that customer is. You have to have high confidence in it so you can deliver that customer a great personalized experience that changes their day, makes them perceive a ton of value from your product or service, and moves your company forward. He's also telling users to vote Republic, Republican, and I, I know federal government sales are important to Okta. How do things change for you if you know Congress uh, Republicans win Congress? Does that make a difference for Okta? Well, one thing I want to say is I did, I voted today. So you can see my I voted sticker. <laughs> Good for you. Love it. There um, you are. We have there a, you this got big it right conference. There. <laughs> we have this big conference, so I had to do it early, absentee. But all I'll say on this is that everyone needs to vote. Democracy works when everyone is heard, so everyone should vote. It's an important part of what we do. It's an important part of our country, and it's an important part of the world. So get out there and vote.
Uh, all right, I can, can only support that. Look, you've got a huge customer event coming up and investor day. You've been talking about this passwordless future for a really long time. What are you telling them about how far away that really is? When are we all gonna be done with passwords? This is one of the most exciting thing that's happening in the industry. We are on the cusp, especially at work, of being able to get rid of passwords. Okta has the technology today to remove the password from every employee in the world. And that's because two things. One is that we can utilize the strong authentication from their iPhone or their Android phone or from their Mac or their PC and integrate that. And this is an important point. It has to be integrated to every application and service you need to go in your entire workday. And that's what's challenging. It's not that we didn't have the right biometric sensors, is that it was hard to get these biometric sensors connected to everything in your environment. And that's the problem we solve. And so this is an exciting development. I think we can make employees much more productive. And more importantly, if it's a biometric sensor, it's much more secure. And that's why we're excited to tell our story to the world this week. All right. Well, good luck at Octane this week. Octa CEO and co-founder Todd McKinnon joining us for an exclusive interview. Todd, thanks so much for stopping by. All right. Coming up, we're going to hear from Microsoft President Brad Smith from COP27 in Egypt. We're going to talk about Microsoft's new climate initiatives and how the company is also navigating the downturn. That's next. This is Bloomberg. The COP27 summit is underway in Egypt, with this year's event providing a chance to re-inject momentum into the energy transition. Heads of states and governments all in attendance, as well as major companies like Microsoft, which plans to be carbon negative by 2030. I caught up with Microsoft President Brad Smith. Take a listen. I think it's really important to think a little bit about the problem that we and others are trying to help solve. So much of the work that is needed, especially to adapt to climate change, really involves better use of AI, more data, better predictive modeling. You look at predicting wildfires, whether you're in the United States or India or in Africa. If you look at things like responding to floods, you need to be able to predict these things and then give people early warning systems. Yet, if you look at Africa today, for every 14 data scientists that there are in developed countries, there's only one in Africa. So we've opened up, we're announcing today, two new data labs, one in Egypt, one in Kenya. We're partnering with Planet, Planet Labs in San Francisco, which is doing, I just think, this extraordinary work with new satellites to bring satellite-based imagery and data, including for Africa. You put our AI capabilities, our data scientists, planets, imagery together. Now we can be a bit of an equalizer. We can help okay. climate scientists on a continent like Africa. Now, meantime, Brad, the economy continues to go south. We're seeing layoffs in the tech industry across the board. We're expecting thousands of people to get laid off at Meta just this week. I know Microsoft has done some layoffs, but hasn't had a major round of cuts yet. Are you planning to do more layoffs? And how are you thinking about spending, et cetera? 
I think the most important thing for a company like Microsoft is first to recognize the role that we play. We're not in the advertising business to the degree that some of the other companies are. We're more focused on really providing the digital infrastructure that companies, businesses, nonprofits, governments need. So in a world with increasing economic headwinds, and there are many, you know, the kind of technology that we create is one of the better tailwinds on which people can rely, and we're seeing that. So to answer your question, Emily, we will continue, I think, to manage through this recession the same way we have managed through every recession since Microsoft was founded in 1975. We identify the technologies that will not only be important to the quarter in the year, but fundamentally the decade ahead, and we'll make sure that we invest and we may even invest more in the technologies of the future, say things like artificial intelligence. Now, we may have to trim some other cost areas because it is a recession, but I think what you'll do is see us trim if we need to, and then use that to free up resources to invest in what we regard as the long-term creation of value, not only for ourselves, but for our customers. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr coming up next, calling for a ban on TikTok. He's with us next. This is Bloomberg. Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. Twitter may now be a private company, but Elon Musk's purchase of the social media platform is still being felt by the public markets. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow here with a look at Tesla. And obviously, you know, can't ignore this if you're a Tesla investor, Ed. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the stock is down almost 50 percent on a 12-month basis. It's at a 17th month, new 52-week low down 5% during Monday's session, worst performer on a points basis on the NASDAQ 100. And clearly there's a Twitter overhang, right? I think one of the, the, the numbers that jumps out at me is that Tesla shares are down more than 12% since October 27th, when Musk closed the deal to buy Twitter. Uh, in that time, the S&P 500, the main gauge of US equities is basically flat. And there's a lot of discussion in the market about what is going on here. Uh, a big part of it, if you come with me my Bloomberg Terminal M, it seems to be key man risk. That is, we know from Twitter, for anyone that's paid any attention to the platform in the last 24 hours or the last few months, Elon Musk is tweeting very regularly. He's kind of very focused based on the reporting that Kurt Wagner and I have done on this platform and its future. And there's concern out there from Tesla shareholders who have voiced this concern on the platform that he's distracted being away from Tesla. There's less of a conversation now about the concern of him selling down more of his own Tesla shares in order to finance the Twitter deal because of what we know, what he did both on the debt and on the equity co-investor side. But clearly, there's an overhang here. And, and it's just strange to see such poor performance in Tesla stock, both in the short, medium and long terms. Ed, this is sort of a perennial question, but I wonder if the answer to it is changing. Is Tesla a tech stock or is it a car stock? And how are investors thinking about it? 
Em, I, I will take a perennial question from you any day of the week. I mean, it is the question. You know, 50% of the sell-side analysts that cover Tesla do so from a sort of classic automotive perspective. Many treat it as a higher multiple uh, tech or software play, right? Because much of its valuation in, in, in recent years has been based on the future promise of full self-driving. Ultimately, I look at the fundamentals, right? This is a stock that trades at 47 times forward earnings. If you compare with General Motors, for example, that's a stock that trades below seven times forward earnings. Uh, 47 times forward earnings, that is a stretched multiple stock in anyone's book. You know, we've talked a lot about NVIDIA, for example, trading at 30 times forward earnings. That's nowhere near what Tesla's at right now. So that, that's not a definitive answer to the question. I'm sorry to sort of bat you away, but it depends how you look at it. If you look at the fundamentals, uh, Tesla does not trade like a legacy automotive name. All right, Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow, thank you as always. More perennial questions to come. Okay, coming up, how midterm voters will impact crypto regulation. That's next, this is Bloomberg. Midterm elections are coming up, and the crypto industry has its eyes on Congress. Question? After the vote, will we finally get progress on crypto regulation? Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines reports. Our regulators and, frankly, our Congress is an hour late and a dollar short, and we need to catch up with where these cryptocurrencies are going. Congress has been calling for greater regulation of crypto for years, but it's been a lot of talk, and to this point, not a lot of walk. We have the intention, we're just not quite getting it over the line. The crypto industry has been asking Congress to help create the rules of the road, but optimism on progress has faded as the midterms draw closer. There was some hope from many in industry that this was actually going to happen this year, that a bunch of bills that had been proposed were promising, that we could actually see some movement here on Capitol Hill. But just like pretty much everything in Washington, um, heading towards the end of 2022, it all seems kind of stuck right now. The bills that have gained the most traction include legislation to regulate stablecoins and to give the CFTC more power to oversee digital assets. But success on those initiatives will have to wait until after the midterms. I think both Kirsten and I believe that the bill in one piece as a, a total bill is more likely to be deferred until next year. It's a big topic, it's comprehensive, and it's still new to many U.S. senators. It's a lot for them to digest with the few remaining weeks we have in this calendar year. Big names in crypto, like Sam Bankman-Fried, the billionaire founder of FTX, are also trying to make change with their dollars, emerging as influential political donors. While he says he's motivated primarily by pandemic prevention and wants to support candidates who will prioritize that, he also has been pushing the regulatory agenda. I have a duty as a member of the industry to try and get us regulated, to try and move the industry in a more responsible direction. And I think that requires engagement. I think it would be irresponsible for me not to, to, to engage, um, you know, with Capitol Hill, with regulators. And the things that I've been arguing for are more regulation for the industry. I think that's what's right for the country. Bankman-Fried is the 
fourth largest individual donor this midterm cycle and has made about $40 million in political contributions this year. He has said he could give even more in the 2024 race. I think that you're going to see more people pushing into politics because now uh, the interaction with D.C. is going to be one of the main drivers uh, of whether enterprises are able to, to grow and operate um, successfully. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines with that report. Coming up, Election Day almost here, and working women in the U.S. want to be heard. We're going to talk about all that and more with the founder of Girls Who Code and the Marshall Plan for Moms, Reshma Shaujani, next. This is Bloomberg. decide the future of Congress and state legislatures. Bloomberg will be live in Washington, D.C. to cover the results as they break and provide insight about what it means for the country. We're in a divided country and these are really close elections. We take a look at what the races could mean for Wall Street. Special election night coverage starts at 8 p.m. on Bloomberg Television and Radio. And tune in to Surveillance live from D.C. at 6 a.m. on Wednesday for the latest overnight. This is Bloomberg. Republican lawmakers have been working to revive former President Trump's bid to ban TikTok in recent months over fears that U.S. data is ending up in the hands of the Chinese government. Just last week, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr told Axios that TikTok should be outright banned. He joins me now for more on this. Um, Commissioner Carr, thank you, as always, for taking the time. You said specifically you don't believe there's a path forward for anything other than a ban, which is a step up from what you said in the past. Why take it that far? You know, look, it seems almost every week there's a new leaked material coming out of TikTok that just really eviscerates the trust. And at the end of the day, the national security agencies have been working on what's known as Project Texas, which is to move a lot of TikTok's operations to Oracle servers here in the U.S., and that's the response to national security concerns. The problem with that is there's a new report about 10 days ago from Forbes that had a TikTok official out of L.A. having an unusual outside business hour meeting where they're asking another TikTok employee detailed questions about the location and other details of those Oracle servers. We also have leaked materials from a D.C. TikTok official that said uh, once that Project Texas was put in place, it remains to be seen if Beijing can still get access to U.S. user data, because at the end of the day, these are their tools that they built in China. So if TikTok isn't sure that these new protections will safeguard U.S. user data, then I don't think we should be so sure either. Now, you don't have the authority to ban TikTok. So what are you hoping to accomplish with this assertion? Yeah, that's right. This isn't like Huawei or ZTE or China Mobile, where we at the FCC had um, federal funding at issue or FCC license at issue. But what I gained from all those cases was some um, insight into dealing with companies that have ties back into communist China and sort of malign 
data flows. And so I'm happy to sort of bring that expertise to bear and talk about it. But the reality is this is broad and bipartisan. You've got Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat chairman of Senate Intel, who looks at a lot of really interesting security briefings every day. And he says that it is TikTok that scares the Dickens out of him. You have uh, just in the last week, Democrat uh, Chairwoman uh, Schakowsky in the House. She wrote a letter with uh, Republican Bill Arrakis to Apple and Google saying, we're concerned about your continued inclusion of TikTok in the App Store. So this isn't just about me. This is about broad, deep, bipartisan concern that's being expressed. And you're right. This ultimately, I think, in the lead is going to be Treasury, which has the SIPIUS process. Uh, and I think that should be the focus of federal action is the Treasury SIPIUS process, not the FCC, uh, but it could potentially be the FTC or the Commerce Department as well. So what do you hope to come out of that national security agreement with TikTok that we have at this moment? You know, I've been open, at least theoretically for a while, that there is some agreement that's put in place that addresses national security concerns. But there was a New York Times piece a couple weeks ago that said there's a tentative deal that's been put in place or a draft deal with TikTok, but then it had multiple high-level uh, sources in the Justice Department saying that the number two in the DOJ is concerned that that tentative deal isn't tough enough. And so I think we have to be very careful here going forward that we're not allowing data flows back into China because it's not just about espionage and foreign influence, but we're also feeding China's AI. Uh, and AI can be used for good or it can be used for bad. And the PLA and the CCP have set a goal of dominating AI. So I'm very concerned about us sending data back in a way that's going to improve uh, and make that AI effective for nefarious purposes. So the question is, how far do you take this? Should companies like Meta, Alphabet, Apple have employees in China, in your view, at all? Well, look, I do think this is a, an opportunity here where we need to revisit um, these deep corporate ties into China, particularly as um, Xi saber rattles on Taiwan. Uh, coming out of the Communist Party confab of last week, I was just in Taiwan for two days last week myself. And I think it is time to start thinking about diversifying uh, outside of China. Now, up to now, my concern has been focused on individual companies and what I call plus factors, meaning it's not just that you have ties back into Communist China, but there's something else there that's concerning. That was the case with Huawei, with DTE, and that's the case with TikTok. So I'm not ready to make a, a broader pronouncement uh, more generally about companies that are doing business there. Hmm. Now, uh, we've got a midterm election happening in a matter of hours, and I'm curious what your hope is for, you know, a, a, a new Congress, you know, along with FTC chair Lena Khan to take action or not on big tech over the next couple of years. Well, actually, election, you know, obviously I sort of leave it to the American people to make their decisions there, particularly by the Hatch Act. I'm uh, not in a position to make sort of partisan comments there. But what I'll say is generally I do think it's important that we find some alignment, um, Republicans and Democrats alike, on addressing, you know, outsized abuse of corporate power. And I do think we're starting to see more and more bipartisan interest uh, in that topic. And I would always look forward to find partners on, you know, sides of the both sides of the political aisle uh, to drive towards that result. And again, when it comes to TikTok in particular, I mean, my sense is that the tide is is moving out on TikTok. And again, you see almost every week new letters from new bipartisan members of Congress that are focused on this issue. 
What's the latest on the plan to ban all Huawei and ZTE telecom equipment from the U.S. market? Is, is the FCC going to be voting on that soon? You know, we're making really good progress. A couple of years ago, we voted to withdraw all future funding for Huawei and ZTE equipment, and we're right now funding the ripping and replacing. Uh, Axios, I believe, had a report a couple of weeks ago that said that we're about to vote at the FCC on denying equipment authorization for those devices, which would close what I've described as a Huawei loophole, which means up to now, you can't use federal dollars to purchase this gear, but you can use private dollars by the same gear, put in the same point in your network. And I've long called for us to close that loophole. So to the extent that Axios reporting is right, that the FCC is moving forward with that vote, and I don't want to get into the details of it, um, but suffice to say, I'd be very happy uh, with that outcome at the FCC. And quickly, at the FTC, what are your thoughts on the actions that Lena Khan has taken so far? You know, look, I think our guiding principle has to be to protect individual liberty. We, we can have threats to individual liberty from the overreach of government, but we can also have threats to individual liberty uh, from the abuse of corporate power. We've got to find a way here to have that as our guiding star. And I know it's been uh, a partisan time at the FTC, and they've had a hard time um, agreeing at the FCC. We've been working to the middle, compromising, uh, and finding common ground. And I hope that we continue to do that at the FCC at least. And last quick question. What's your response to the changes that Elon Musk is making at Twitter thus far? Do you, you know, like what you're seeing? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we end up with protecting a widespread of political views. At the end of the day, I think these are the digital, the modern version of the digital town square. But I don't think we need to just rely on the benevolence of Elon Musk or any other billionaire to come in and purchase a platform. That's why I've had my position for years now. We need some pro-speech guardrails. So let's protect um, political speech. Let's make sure there's not discrimination against it. Let's push for user empowerment, transparency, accountability. So while I'm hopeful um, that Elon Musk bends Twitter's content moderation towards the diversity of use, I don't think we should rely on that alone. I do think we should put regulations in place um, that are going to protect political speech in the digital town square. All right. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, thanks so much for stopping thanks. by. Appreciate it. Meantime, millions of mothers have left their jobs as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The cause? Inadequate child care. That is why Girls Who Code founder Res Michelle Johnny decided to come up with the Marshall Plan for Moms, a nonprofit that has helped pass landmark child care legislation in New York and is working with big companies on employer-sponsored child care. She joins me now for more. And obviously, Reshma, I have to ask you about the midterms, which we are now hours away from. Which races are you paying the closest attention to and why? All of them. I mean, this election is the most important election that women have seen. You know, following the Dobbs decision, women have essentially become second-class citizens in America. And, you know, we have a lot of extremists on the ballot, a lot of candidates, you know, on the right who want to restrict our rights even more. And so what happens in Tuesday is going to fundamentally change the lives of American women. How concerned are you about misinformation, given I know that you have pointed out the voices of women especially have not been heard? I mean, I'm very concerned about misinformation. 
Um, and I think it's something that it's critical that a lot of my students, for example, are, are working on. And I think the comment that was just made, you know, by the commissioner and seeing what happens, you know, with Twitter and with Elon Musk taking over Twitter to make sure that we continue to root out disinformation and that everybody has access to to fair and just and reliable information is critical. That was my next question is I'm curious what your take uh, is on the direction that Elon Musk has taken Twitter thus far and how uh, free speech can be balanced with safety and security and healthy dialogue. I'm watching it, Emily. You know, we know that social media, Twitter has been a toxic place for women and girls and for people of color and that there's gotta be a way to kind of moderate content without making people feel like every day that they're gonna face some amount of abuse or be called a name or be, you know, showed content that's gonna be really, you know, toxic for them. So I think that, again, this is an opportunity to do something right and to do something that, you know, again, uplifts people of color and women. We'll see if that actually happens. Now, given your work with the Marshall Plan for Moms, I'm curious what you're hearing from moms and parents right now about their concerns as they head into the election. What matters to them right now and why? Look, I mean, I think Republicans have made it seem that the biggest concern you should have is the cost of gas or the cost of cereal. But if you talk to a mom, she'll tell you my biggest concern is the cost of childcare. 40% of parents have gone into debt because of the cost of childcare. The, child of, the cost of childcare is outpacing the cost of inflation. It is literally the most expensive line item for families. And the only party that's tried to do something about it is Democrats, you know, through the Build Back Better bill. So, you know, mom's got to be paying attention. Mom's got to be voting on Tuesday. And, you know, we got to be making sure that we're pushing an agenda that is going to put families first. And if we want to say that women in the workforce are not just a nice to have, but a must have, then we have to make sure that we're providing affordable childcare. And that's what we're doing at the Marshall Plan for Moms with our National Business Coalition for Childcare. We can't wait for government to do the right thing. We can push them to. But in the meantime, we have to advocate for subsidizing childcare in the workforce. You recently went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a parents' rights group that banned uh, Girls Who Code books. And I'm curious if you can share some context on that. And what do you think it tells us about the state of America? I think it tells us that, that they were coming for our bodies and now they're coming for our minds. I mean, Emily, I woke up to a headline that Girls Who Code books had been banned in Pennsylvania. And it wasn't just Girls Who Code books. It was books about Grace Hopper, you know, books that were going to get girls an opportunity, girls of color, an opportunity to be everything in anything. You know, what is happening in schools right now, what is happening in terms of the school board fights and the culture wars is critical. And we have to start paying attention. Again, I cannot stress this enough. You know, we've entered this period of forced birth where our reproductive rights have been taken away. And I am shocked to see what they are trying to take away from our girls. And every single parent who cares about their girls having a chance to be an engineer, to be a doctor, to be a president, needs to be informed about what's happening in the schools because it is shocking, it's frightening, and it's scary. How much progress is, last quick question, is actually happening in the schools? You know, you founded this company to get more girls to learn how to code. How uh, optimistic are you about that 
you know, truly happening across the board? Listen, Emily, COVID was devastating, you know, for kids, especially for kids from underserved communities. I saw so many of my students who are on their way to learning computer science had to drop out of college or not go to college because their moms were essential workers and they had to take care of their siblings. That is why it's so critical that we fix the broken structure of care. You know, the second thing is, is that we are, you know, we have got to continue to invest in public school education. I'm sure you saw the New York Times article about how, you know, the, the again, you know, the, the, the uh, math and science, you know, rates of what our kids are learning in schools have diminished and decreased. I know that's happening. You know, we had 10,000 girls who code clubs at the start of the pandemic, and we are now mm-hmm. inching back to where we were before. And so when teachers are exhausted and tired, when they're not getting paid adequately, they're not volunteering to teach a coding club. And and, and again, who can blame them? And so we got to have to right. continue to in public school education and make sure that our kids have access to opportunity in the jobs of the future, which include coding. Rasma Shaujani, thank you for your advocacy for girls, girls who co-founder. Appreciate you stopping by. And that does it for this edition of Bloomberg Technology. Coming up on Election Day here in the United States, we've got an all-star lineup, including Lyft's President John Zimmer. He'll be talking about Prop 30 and the future of the gig economy and so many other important guests. And don't forget to check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg. The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, it is July 26, 2022. I can't believe it's almost August. This is the SS Show with James Live Jr. I'm James Live Jr. Super Organizer. It's almost August. I really don't know where the time is gone. We are af- we're actually at the halfway mark, almost past the halfway mark of the year. Christmas is coming, kids. Did I just say that? Okay, my guest today, <laughs> it is, I'm going, actually going to a Christmas con in two weeks. So that should be very interesting to go to that. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, so Christmas is here for me. Uh, but my guest is the owner of Busy Bee Organizing in Columbia, Maryland. I have friends in Maryland. I don't know where Columbia is. My ask where that is, but I don't. I have friends in Baltimore and other places in Maryland. But I'm curious. Apparently, Maryland is like the state. Everybody knows Maryland out here. <laughs> um, she believes that organized, being organized, this has to do with perfection. I agree with that completely, and more with efficiency. That's exactly what I say all the time. If this thing is perfection at all, help me welcome Tula. How are you doing, Tula? I am great. So happy to be talking to you today. Same here. Um, you saw me at one of the big conference things I did. I spoke and acted crazy or whatever and did what I did. And she was one of those who said, yeah, I want to come on your show. Yeah. Like, Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? She said, yeah. I love your personality. Thank you. I know. I, 
I'm just a little crazy, but <laughs> um, but all but all my shows, I begin all my shows with thanks and gratitude. I've been doing this for eight years. Okay, uh, uh, almost four hundred episodes of the show. So I can't believe I'm heading towards yes. that. Um, but I do thanks and gratitude. So my thanks and gratitude this week goes to all what they call themselves my lotties. My last name is Lot. My fan base calls themselves lotties, and I have to tell them. They have shown up and shown out this last two weeks. I have um, added some new stuff to my business. I have revamped my business. I'm in the middle of revamping it. And you all are showing up. So I want to thank every person so far who's bought merchandise that I'm selling now, which is at jljmedia.threadless.com. Uh, everybody who's buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Jr. or has gone to my Patreon, which is my subscription service, Patreon.com slash James Live Jr. I added all of those to my stuff and you are showing up. And you're going to my website, a lot of help.com, uh, where I talk about my organizing and my life coaching on there. And I just want to literally, I would not be here if it wasn't for you. And I, I don't say that with any irony at all. It completely would not be here if it wasn't for you. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So this is what I'm doing. I've been doing it for 13 years. I want to continue doing it until they have to just roll me to the chair and I can, just, I can still talk. I'm going to do it until I crack. <laughs> so thank you very much to all of you. And I have thanks and gratitude for Tula for coming on. I'm going to give you a chance. Do you have anything you want to say about thanks and gratitude yourself? Oh my goodness. There's so much to be thankful for, but you know what? I'm thankful for this summer. So on top of being a professional organizer, I'm also a school speech language pathologist. I do not work in the summer. So I've been off since about, I don't know, the end of June. And I have about three weeks left in my vacation, but I'm just thankful for a chance to like, just stop with the craziness and like spend some time with my kids and my family and stuff. So. So how many kids do you have? I have two. You have two. And what are the ages? So one is seven um, and one is 10, two girls. Oh, two girls. I had two girls. So yeah. you have so you have uh, school-aged children, and are they, are they the same school? With do you work at? They are, yeah. So they actually could go to the school down the street, but I work within the county, and so they actually just I take them to school with me. It works easy for our family because there's no bus or pickup or you know what I mean stuff like that. Yeah. And um, it just works to, and it's a blessing to be able to have them there. Sometimes I wave, I walk by their class and wave. The seven-year-old always runs and gives me a hug. The 10-year-old, I don't know what I'm going to get. Sometimes it's mom, and I'm embarrassing her. Exactly. <laughs> My brother felt that, too. My mother was a librarian. Was, okay. She was like, oh, why, why is she here? Me, I was like, I don't care. She said, good. That's fine. That's my mom. That's fine. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Can I get a book? Yeah, that's how it was. I didn't care. <laughs> um, now, so then how do you, okay, so you're doing, you're in the education field. Yes. Where did the organizing come from? So I have always been an organized person. I asked my mom about this the other day. She said, honestly, she rarely had to ask me to clean my room. I've always been neat and tidy. I know as a kid. And I do remember that. I remember looking down on my little sister like, she's so messy because she would like stuff her drawers and her backpack always just had just stuff falling out of it. I just wasn't like that. And I know not all organizers were organizers when they were little like but I was I literally have always been an organized person wow so am I and I grew up in a big family so I always had 
we always were given a wall. The boys, they had our wall when we were growing up, put our mm-hmm. posters and stuff up. My wall is very nice and neat. There was Prince <laughs> and Madonna and, you know, whatever, you know, when you say like the bike is the 80s kid. Yeah. I had all my stuff up there, very nice and neat. My brother was all messy over here and things half stapled on there. I'm like, no, my, my little area was always exactly. nice and neat. So I, I do agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. So then, how do you organize mm-hmm. the bell? Both worlds for you. I do several worlds also. I do media and the audience. So how do you use, well, I guess, I, mean, well, I guess in some ways it's kind of related on some level, but also it's very different doing education and then doing organizing. Yeah. So really, um, at one point, I didn't think that I'd be able to have this business and also, you know, do my, uh, my, my school job at the same time, because I'm like, I don't have enough time, right? And really what was happening was, I kept like having clients call me or someone say, hey, can you help me with this? And it wasn't really fully a business yet. And I just decided, you know what, I have to do this. And it was hard at the beginning because I'm like, how do you juggle two things at the one time? But you have to figure out what your why. And I tell my clients that all the time. But for me, my why was I really love to organize, but not even just do it. I like to help people and help them feel like it's attainable and achievable Um, And so what happened was I thought about my why being my family, right? And the idea was that I really want to be able to spend time with them. And so it made it really simple. And so this past year, um, I've had more clients than I ever had, but it was also really easy to figure out how many clients I could take on, right? Because I have another job. And I realized that I could probably do one day during the week, an evening, right? And then I would organize on Sundays. And initially I thought, I'm not going to be able to find clients who just like want that. And I've had no problems. I've had zero problems. They're like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, I just want to let you know, I mostly do everything on Sundays because Saturday we we spend a day as a family and it goes back to my why. That was my non-negotiable. I'm like, I know I could also have clients on Saturday. But then I'm like, but I want a day where it's just my family. And so sometimes we don't do anything. Sometimes we go out, whatever it is that we do, but it's like giving us space and they're my, the reason I'm doing this anyway. So it works out that I'm able to do right my nine to five job during the school week. I don't take paperwork home from that job. And then I focus on organizing on the weekends. Wow, no, I like that. No, yeah, you could, you even, no, it's, it's really funny. We always, we don't always realize unless you ask, unless you, you know, make that out there in the world. All kinds of schedules happen when it comes to people. People are like, oh, so you only work evenings from five to six, okay, I'll, I'll take it. You know, it yeah. depends on the person, but there's a lot of different things people will accept that will fit into your schedule. Exactly. But yes, I'm sure you are busy all weekend. I'm sure you do clients on Saturday too. Um, but, and that's the thing. See, it sounds like to me, you're not chasing the money. I'm not. You can't. That's never great. Okay, of course you want to make well, money. No, you get paid. Right? But the point is, like, you have to figure out what the other things that you're chasing are, or when you just chase the money, it's going to be a headache. And it really was, it was so easy, because I would sit down at the beginning of the month and be like, how many clients can I take? Oh, this Sunday, like, I knew, for example, when June came, in June in my life every year, and it tricks me every year, we have my husband's birthday, my daughter's birthday, the end of the school year, the kids had a dance recital. So then my kids 
my daughter's birthday party. Like it was just crazy. And so I had less clients in June, for example, but because I wasn't chasing the money, I wasn't scheduling people and having to cancel or trying to squeeze people in. I was like, I guess I'm just not really available in June. And it was fine. Yes, I agree. I'm the same way. I'm just like, okay, here's the month coming up. These are things I have to do. These are things I, these are things I want to do. Yeah. And I fill it in. And I've been doing that recently too with my business. I've been like tailoring it more to what I want to do. And that's the thing. And if someone can't make it happen that way, well, then we'll keep working till we can. Yeah. Or it just doesn't happen. I'm like, I'm not. There are very few times I will change. Every once in a blue moon, something emergency-wise will come for somebody and I'll do it. But most of the time, because you're teaching people how to treat you in your business. Exactly. And what's the point? I also said to myself, like, what's the point of having your own business? It's mine and I can't do it, right? <laughs> the way that I would like to do it. I got to do it. what works for me. So, yeah. Yes. It, it that is something I want people to take away from this. Um, they don't take anything else away from this episode. It is your own business, means you are in charge, you run things however you feel and see fit. Yeah. That is something, like I said, if we chase the money or defer to the clients all the time, because we're afraid of blank, blank, and blank, it becomes their business. Exactly. not your business. And then you almost can't, since you're the expert and the one who knows what you're doing, you almost can't practice that well if you're letting other people run the show. And so, and I think like in today's age, especially on social media, where it's so easy to see how people are running their business, when you're a new entrepreneur, you almost think like, well, there must be a book that tells me exactly how you have to do it. But you realize eventually you have to start adapting. And that's what I had to do. Like, hey, hey, what works for me, right? Because there's no point in me having this business and I'm exhausted and grumpy about it it's mine. So I get to do what, with what I want. And then you can clearly communicate that to your clients. Yes. I do have three books on how to be an entrepreneur, but my books <laughs> are this. No, no. But my books are this. My books are very much about freedom of choice. I just, mm-hmm. me and my co-writer just talk about our experience. Like I like I did like in the speaking gigs that I do. I just tell you my experience. I'll tell you what's good, what I found. Yeah, it's up to you to cherry pick what you pick out of it. Exactly. And go, that works for me, or I'll try that thing, or or I'm exactly. not gonna, that's not really for me. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I've never once. I'm not a one size fits all person. Because so yeah, no. that doesn't it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah, no, it sure doesn't. Yeah. Um, but that thing, I just want people to know that it's your business. So you tailor it however you want. I you can take advice and listen to people, but ultimately it's for you. But when it comes to your clients and stuff. You have to you have to stick to your ground sometimes. I raised my prices recently. Oh, good for you. Um, yeah, and thank you. See, I'm, I like that. Thank you. And I said that's I hadn't raised them in three years since the COVID. I just hadn't done that. I didn't. I didn't. Everybody's money was funny. LA was crazy out here. So yeah. I didn't do as much organizing. We were locked down all the time. Yeah. Um, and COVID, COVID's rampant again out here. Um, so I'm doing very little in-person organizing, but. Well, after three years of no raises, that you guys, you long-term clients, knew every year always raising a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm catching up to what it is, and I'm doing less organizing in person. Yeah. So I want to make it for myself 
if I'm gonna leave the house and, and be around COVID and monkeypox and all the crazy stuff that's going on out there, make it worth my while. It has to be, yeah. And also understanding, I think we trick ourselves to like, well, maybe it's not that valuable of a service, but you know that it is. I have so many people, I mean, even my own sister, she asked me, she was having a baby. She's like, can you please come to my closet? It's a mess. And I just want it to like be put together before the baby comes. And after I did it, she was like, I never would have done this. <laughs> and how many people say that, right? And that's because they're, they don't know how to do it, right? And so you have to like, that's one thing I've had to learn as an entrepreneur the service you provide is valuable. And maybe there is someone who can't afford it, right? But that doesn't mean your service is not valuable. That just means we all have things we can't afford. I'd love someone to come remodel my bathroom right now. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's, you know, and seriously, and the thing is for me, I've been in business 13 years. So I think whatever I choose to do, it's, it's worth, I'm worth every single penny. Yeah. And you're right. There are a lot of folks, especially and for me, because I work with a lot of African-American and Latino-American clients, okay. they just don't know this is a service. I know. They, they know housekeeping. They know gardener. They yes. know electrician. They know plumber. When I say organizer, like, well, what, is, what do you do? And then yeah. when I, like I said, then when I do it, after that first time, like, oh my God, it's my floor again. I didn't know this was, I didn't know this was something. I'm like, that's the point. We kind of have to show them. Mm-hmm. that were just as important as all these other concierge businesses yes. out there yeah and i think that's hard to do you're right i definitely find that like in our community that they don't know about it as much or what that looks like for them yeah. right so for example one message i talk about a lot is you don't have to have the biggest house for example for it to be organized right because oh. i have a client who called me once and she's like my house is like literally 900 square feet i said okay yeah right and we did some work in her house and she was just like my closet is so tiny i have no idea how you did that but it like i can see my clothes for example but um i think sometimes what you see like in magazines or in tv right is a lot of on top of perfection, a lot of like, oh, look at this huge house or this huge pantry or this huge. And so someone who, what they feel like lives in a, you know, a regular, which really is a regular, but they might think smaller type of living space. They're like, well, that's not a service that would benefit me. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think you know, and, and, and I understand, I try, and, and also in some of these cultures, they feel like, well, I should be doing it myself. That's true. So, but they don't know that it's okay to ask for help or it's okay. Cleaning is one thing. Organizing and cleaning are not the same They're thing. They're two different things. Not the same. They're not. So finding, a, finding, learning how to figure out spacing and spaces and and utilizing drawers, you know, in a way that's correct and, and best use for it, that's a different skill. And not everybody has that. That's okay. So yeah. yeah, you clean your house, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I'll come and help you organize it and it'll be yeah. even better. So I was like, you also it. might clean a little bit less. Yes. It's organized. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, we talk about this all the time. So I do that. Now, how long have you been doing the organizing portion? So I've had my business officially three years, okay, but really on and off for like seven years. But again, didn't officially make it a business till a few years ago. Well, what made you decide to make it a business and not just to continue as a hobby? Um, the fact that I could get paid doing something that I okay. loved. 
Okay. No, other, when I realized other people were getting paid to do this, I'm like, oh, I do this all the time. We're just for a friend or whatever. So, yeah. and then also believing that I have the time to do it. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. now look at your website right now. It's cute. Yeah. So you have hands-on organizing, the virtual DI, organizing consultations and presentations. Yeah. So presentations, that's, 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 that's all self-explanatory. I want to go into the virtual part thing because I want to know, I'm looking at, I'm looking here. So I'm going directly for her website, which is, yeah. uh, I'm going to make sure the website correct. Everybody know this, busybeorganizing.com. Yes. That's right. Make sure you get on there. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y for those who are listening. I'll put it, I'll put it. It is. Room. It's biz. So when I named it, I have my eldest daughter is named Isabel. We call her Izzy. I love Izzy. I, I love that name. Yeah. And so I, it's just kind of my little homage to my, my baby girl. My granddaughter's name was almost Isabel. That's so funny. Oh, it's a, it's it's a, a forever Isabel. beautiful name. I love that name. I love Izzy. It's just going to be Izzy B. That was going to be for yeah. sure. That was going to be a whole thing. So I love that you yeah. daughter's that name. How ironic. Okay. All right. So it says for virtual DI organizing, organizing done by clients, mm-hmm. one room, virtual space assessment, action plan, product recommendations, two follow-up calls. So that's what I'm going to ask because I don't, I don't do virtual organizing. I, I do presentations and hands-on, but I am providing courses on how which you, could, you could, I could say, I guess it's virtual, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that been for you doing the virtual organizing stuff? So the virtual organizing was really helpful, especially uh, during COVID. I think that it's a challenge. It's it's really great, but can be challenging at the same time. It depends on the client because okay. it, and that's why I say a lot at the beginning, like you will, you will have to do the organizing and some people just aren't there yet yes. and they find it really overwhelming. One thing I've learned um, from doing it is I have to spend some time on camera with my client decluttering. Oh, okay. Okay. And that has helped a bit. So I'm like, take it all out. And they're like, even if it's just a shelf, I'm like, okay, you're going to do this tiny closet. Take one shelf out. And they're like, you want me to take it? I'm like, yes, I want to sit here with you. But what I'm able to do is to help them look at what that declutter process looks like. Because if I verbally tell them what it looks like, that doesn't really help them, right? But when they're able to do it with me virtually, they're like, oh, okay. And when it doesn't take as long as they thought it would take at the same time, and they kind of have an idea of like, well, I'm either going to put this in donation or to trash or whatever. They're like, okay, I kind of feel like I could do this on my own. Uh, so that's the key sometimes, yeah. that you're yeah. still there, there, yeah. folks. Yeah. I wasn't doing that at first, and I realized like I would give them homework and it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't get right. done. Right. That makes sense, guys. That's my that's, that's my thing because a lot of my clients couldn't do it. They just physically can't do it. For other either, I have a lot of older clients who just can't do it. But I have some that could, and I'm thinking there are some that could possibly do it. They were like, they're already kind of organized on their own anyway. A lot yeah. of times, I'm there as a cheerleader. Yeah, what we do and kind of get some motive because I'm there. I've I've heard clients say to me, knowing I'm gonna have you for this three hour period once mm-hmm. a week. That's when I know I will get stuff done. Yeah. Because you're in the room with me. Because you're here, yeah. Interesting. I learned a little something. I learned something today. Like, that's yeah. an interesting thought. Because, yeah, because COVID, I mean, how was, how was COVID back there for you guys? I know I hear it's very different out here, but how was it out there for you guys in Maryland? 
It was the same. I mean, I still actually remember the date. It was March 13th when the school shut down here. We all have our day. We all, ours was March 17th. We all have our days. Yeah. So and uh, everybody was whispering and uh, we were going to have spring break soon. And they said, they're just going to close until spring break because that year spring break must have been around Easter. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're like, we'll just close for a couple of weeks. And then after spring break, we'll decide. And then we all know we, we never returned. But pretty much it was... I like to say, um, so this might be contrary to some what people believe, but I believe it was like, it was a blessing in some ways. Okay. I feel that as crazy as it's been, as tired as we are, my, my kids actually are here right now because their camp, their summer camp closed down due to COVID this week. Hey. The numbers were getting too high and they're like, we're just going to close it for a week and resume next week and hope that things are better. So I'm annoyed with by it still. I have friends and family, right, that have lost people to it. Okay, yeah. The other end, though, was I think we all collectively, like, exhaled and was like, we were just kind of like, we get to slow down, right? Because everything shut down. We couldn't go to the store. We couldn't do this. Yeah. We couldn't do that. And we all realized, I think, that, man, we were kind of running and going at a crazy pace so I do think the one blessing in it was it allowed us to all as human beings just reevaluate what was important to us and that is that is my motto like if you're my friend you know that I'm always evaluating what's the most important to me like right now at this moment because what's the point if you're like exhausted again and like yeah. angry and I don't know so yeah, yeah, I do think for me it was just a nice pause. It was crazy though. I had a, a kindergartner who did kindergartner virtually. Like it was, there were crazy parts of it too. I feel, no, I feel bad for the parents. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a grandparent, so I, I had to do all that stuff. I felt bad for your parents. I did. I felt bad for the kids because of the social aspect, because of the what they were not getting because of that. Um, yes, exactly. But I know for the parents, I was like, I don't know math. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, what the, well, well, how am I going to do anything to help these people? Yeah. I know some, of them, some of them even had to homeschool their kids because the school just like, we're just not over. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, it was one of those things. When anything crazy and bad happens, as awful as it may be, like there's something that you can try to get from it. And not necessarily learn, but just like pause and think about. So I know for me, it was kind of like what I really want my life to look like when I come out of this pandemic. Out of tragedy, beauty can be born. I always say, yeah. yeah. And there's always lessons in everything. So there's, so that was something very same here. So it was like, and I know for us organizers, yeah, it was like I remember everything stopped because we were like, uh, what we mostly do is go to people's homes. I know. It was crazy. I had a lot of friends. We all started calling each other and like and doing Zoom meetings. Like, well, what's next for so you? What do you if you can't go? Well, you, it's funny that you talked about the workshops. That's something that I'm looking to do next. Is I have all this. It's like all on paper, and I just need to do it. But yep. I know, even almost like some of the things I talk about in my presentations, I want to do put those into workshops, just do to it. have something that lives online. But also, you know, it's another way for us to generate income as well as do it. Do it. I will. Do it. <laughs> well, seriously, I'm I'm doing it. It's been. And see, I was doing it pre-pandemic. I was starting That's the process. And then um, I had some in-person classes to you. And oh, the book course. Like I said, March 17th for me is when everything shut down. Yeah. So yeah. 
uh, we thought, oh, we a couple of weeks, we back. And that's what they kept saying. And yeah. It was, it was, in LA, we were shut down. We had, well, we were locked down for four months in LA. I think we're about the same here. Yeah. Or longer. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But, watching April, but here's the beautiful thing. We, we survived. All of us organizers somehow, found, like you said, we calibrated, found our wave. Pivoted. And we did. And I'm talking to all of you now. I'm like, we, we all can kind of chuckle about what happened two years ago. But like, that was two years ago. Like, we're here. Yeah. You are here. Yeah. So I think it's wonderful. Um, so what what do you get out of being a professional organizer? What do you get out of it, Tula? I think I get the pleasure of helping people like where they live like to really be happy with where they live. So my other motto is my actually, and I want to do over my website. So this is super clear because I've figured out what it is. Okay. But organize where you live is just my motto as an organizer. Again, and it comes back to like, well, hey, this is the home you live in, right? Even if you only plan there and being two years versus right. 10 years is temporary. Like whatever the reason is, I love when I help clients and they have a space again that they thought just would forever look crazy. Um, and for some reason they were motivated enough to call me and I'm able to, it's not just about helping them, but they're like, oh, this one, like, cause you shouldn't live somewhere where a place stresses you out. Like a bedroom stresses you out right. where a closet stresses you out. Cause really it's just filled with things. Right. Um, and just helping them put that in a way that they're able to manage it. Um, that they would not have been able to do without that support. That's what I get out of it. But just, I really feel like I'm helping people enjoy where they live. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, I, I just, I just feel I, I believe this with all of my heart and my soul that when things have a place, when stuff has a place, mm -hmm. when you have systems in place, yeah, life is better. It really is. It doesn't mm -hmm. solve the problems of the world or anything, all that kind of stuff, but it solves the problems of your space. It does. It does. I just leave that. It, just, it makes, to me, it almost makes the things that you do every day more simple, right? Like I was making my daughter pancakes today, for example. She loves pancakes. And it's easy. I know where the measuring cups are. And I'm not like fighting in the drawer to get it. Or I take down this container that has pancake mix and I'm like, oh, this is running low, right? Like, and I added it to the grocery list. I don't know. And it, it sounds crazy, but you kind of just go through life a little less chaotic because you're not always looking for things or trying to find things or fighting with things. You're just enjoying, again, your space. And I, I just I agree with that. I like knowing where my scissors are. I have some right here. See? So I'm just telling you, I love it. Look, seriously, I, I love it. I, I was looking for a ruler right here. I mean, I know, I know where <laughs> I don't. My family, if they say, what's Tula's pet peeve? They know it. My, they're like, oh, mom can't find something. And I'm like, who did put it back? <laughs> when they say that it takes an average of 17 minutes to find some, I'd rather be watching TV than Thank you. every 17 it's minutes time. to looking for some scissors. Exactly. The last thing I want to do it. That's basically almost a sitcom without commercials 17 minutes. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'd rather be able to watch a comedy than be sitting here doing that. Yeah. Um, thank you, children, for being on the show. You're wonderful. Thank you so and much for having much me. More success. 
And I know you're doing both the school stuff. You're doing important stuff. You're doing you're doing God's work. You're doing education, <laughs> and you're doing education on, <laughs> on two levels. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. You're always welcome back. And tell people now it's your turn. I'll put okay. it all stuff in the description. But now it's your turn to promote yourself. Awesome. All right, guys. So I'm Tula from Busy Bee Organizing. As James mentioned, it's with an I, B-I-Z-Z-Y-B-E-E. -E. That is my Instagram handle, my website, my Facebook page, Busy Bee Organizing, um, everywhere, really. And uh, yeah, please look me up, see what I'm doing. I'm always educating, especially on my Instagram page. That's where I'm the most active. Now, in terms of hands organizing, clearly it'd be in her, her area but for virtual it could be anywhere right yeah so i'm in the dmv area so if you're in the local dmv area i can help you out if not you can be a virtual client yes i know what the dmv stands for i know what all means those three areas you know what i'm speaking like i've only been here five years but i guess <laughs> I, I, it. I, I used to live in michigan <laughs> oh, oh, that's somewhere totally, that's somewhere totally different. That's somewhere totally different. <laughs> oh my goodness, so funny, but if you're if you're near DC, if you're near kind of the Baltimore area, Maryland, Virginia. Oh yeah, Delaware stuff. It's all that. I know that area. I know all that area. Some great, great folks area. there. Great folks there. It's a great area. I'm James Lott Jr., Super Organizer, alotofhelp.com. There's a page called superorganizer.com right on there, too. So you can go there and see all my goodness uh, for organizing and life coaching. We are on. I'm everywhere, folks. Just, I mean, James Jr., just type in my name. You'll find me. But specifically for this show, um, the Super Organizer show is on Facebook and on Twitter. It's also on, and also Super Organizer on Facebook and on Twitter. But James Lott Jr. is everywhere you want to be. So just type in my name, you can see that. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you're listening on podcast, we love you. You're on every audio streaming service platform. That's from Spotify to iHeartRadio to Google, Apple. We are everywhere. Type in the SOS show. You will find me. You'll find it. And on YouTube, my online network that I started two years ago, one of the few men of color who has his own online network. Wow. That is huge. I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of that. And that is JLJ Media. Go there, hit the subscribe button. You can watch her, her colleagues, other people. So we have like almost 400 shows on there from the last eight years. Check out Organizing is going to be wonderful. But it's called the SOS Show with James Todd Jr. We will see you next time. Be careful out there. Take care of each other. Have compassion and get organized. Do it. Experience the Jared difference. The best prices on an amazing selection. Select your diamond gift today from hundreds of styles they're sure to love. Jared, love brilliantly. Oh, that straight and narrow like he got a vision he got a plan he gonna execute it and mm -hmm. that's what you gotta do in life execute your plans come on in this house welcome back to the name black podcast this is a bit boy the boss aka the money quarterback making plays with the money what up bit what it do everyone Stop telling people how to do them and do you instead.
What's up, little bro? What up, what up? Chosen man's in the building. In the building. We got Frank in the building, too. What's up with you? What's good, gang? Man, we've been out here, man. We've been gone for a couple weeks, man. We miss just being in here having conversation, man. A lot been going on in life, though, you know, like rest in peace to our knees. Like, it's been a lot of things going on, you know, like life crazy, how fast life can be and how short life can be. Because that was like the youngest funeral I ever been to in my life, you know. Going to a 13-year-old funeral is different. Very difficult. You see a lot of like the young people there, and most of the time you at the funeral, you see a lot of like the older crew, like you know, like the forty and up, because like they know this person or whatever. It's like seeing these kids and they're like, oh god, like it's very sad. Now you see, like some people taking it well, some people like you don't even know how they take it because they're so young. They are, so then we know really what's really gonna happen, you know, in life. They just like we just out here, and like ten years from now, they'll be able to more receive what's going on right now. I believe. Yeah, because when you're young, you don't. You don't even think about where it's a totality. Like when you young, you think about you could respond like in the game, like grab the body, you can respond, but real life you don't respond. Like once it's over, it's over. It's so over. like that's why we believe in just doing what you gotta do. And what we were just talking about before, how much things we done did, because we realized early in life you only got one life to live. So my what try to do is everything you always thought about doing. I'm gonna do comedy one day. Cause I'm very funny, you know. Let me say so. But I, I want to go back to Al Young real fast because I feel like it's like I didn't know her well. Cause like, I, I feel that, that that makes me feel like, man, like you know, it's like uh, you want to get to know your family more because like even though you be so busy in your own individual life or whatever, you like, man, like. You don't. You never expect that to happen because you see that picture that we had probably about five months prior. We was on at the um, it was in Sand Hill or whatever. Cook off. The cook off or whatever. And like we took that good picture or whatever. Like everybody just so good and so healthy or whatever. Like what five months can really change in anyone's life? And just like how with my cousin Greg or whatever. It's like just it was good. We were just sitting together chilling, talking Thanksgiving, Christmas and stuff. The thing you know, the next year he he don't make it to Christmas. I don't mm-hmm. believe, you know, and like you just never know what's gonna happen in life. That's why, like, that's why, like, what we was doing with our family page and all that stuff, and just trying to do- document stuff or whatever. You just never know who's not gonna be here, so you would just love to see these people from all the time. Do you check out the family page sometimes, Jalen, on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, it's dope. Though. Like Frank been on there and stuff like that. Y'all been on the Fourth uh, of July when you had be him? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh was, yeah, I remember um, uh, Unsent. Birthday, uh, yeah, super yeah, dope. Yeah, Frank the with that too. On that, uh, on that one-on-one game. Yeah, you was behind the camera. Frank with the ride, man. Yeah, he really a camera I'm man. Really, I'm really behind the scenes. You know, everybody know who the best hooper is out the brothers. <laughs> That's nah, not, though. I, I just had I had no shoes on, but I, I did. I had on Crocs. <laughs> I mean, that you had on Crocs with a back tool, so you hit. They was. T- Stand on your feet Jaylen or whatever. had them Crocs in sport mode. <laughs> exactly. He had, had a and I had my toe hanging out. Them was my old Crocs. Like, come on. Jalen couldn't even got close to beating me, man. He never got close to beating me. Anyway, but I want to go back to like talking about this family or whatever. And like, just like I, I just have learned and just 
I believe now, like, every family is not, like, your genuine, like, I feel like I had a genuine love for my family or whatever, and, like, I always, like, think about, I see my family snaps or whatever, I just be so happy to see them living or whatever, and whatever they doing, it's like, I don't get to talk to my family a lot, because, like I say, you just inside of your own life, trying to be your own dreams, and you forget that, like, life is always fleeting, and, like, you love these people, but I guess you love them from a distance more than you love them up close because, like, you so busy. Because, like, for my last three weeks, I've been putting together, like, um, Jalen Grandma video or whatever. So, like, every day I get off of work, I spend about four hours doing that. Mm-hmm. That's why you know doing this stuff is, like, what it would cost, really, though, to do this kind of stuff. It's like a lot of money, like like we did that that video, or whatever. Like how how much how long it took me to do. You know how much like the value that you really can put on that. And I like so, I, that's why I, I love being to do it for your grandma because like we just know our whole life. Like just get to learn more about how this process goes and what you got to yeah. put into it. So like, I know once they see it, hopefully they love it. But I think I I love just watching it because like I say, it's like. I know these people from afar because I knew them when I was 18. And I still know them, but it's like I haven't really saw them a lot. But like just seeing them like live their life and just yeah, We all them just grew grandma. in age and stuff like that. I saw a picture on there, like montage at the end where like Jalen was a baby on there. Yeah. And that's just how life is. Did you even been. watch the montage yet? No, I ain't watched it yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a much out of Mama had that much out of going at the back or whatever. Oh, you talking about on the, uh, yeah, I seen how, where they was living in and all that. Yeah. It was like, it's crazy. Crazy. Like, they but was she, living in a house with she, only two bedrooms. Is that, you see, it was, it was busted down, boy, like a red yeah. house. You see like, the outhouse? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, just My progression of life. One of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just see how the, the progression of life, and like, you see these pictures or whatever, it's like, whoa, like, you see Miss Minnie when she was probably in her 60s, maybe her 40s, and like, you see these, some of the same people around her, like, they're just, they're just growing. Like, I said, like, you never even notice people, I think you move with, yeah, closely. I think you, who, you heard that in the mic? Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, I, you see these people, on oh, just growing in life or whatever, like, they kind of, like, their features getting a little older, but they still the same people, and that's why I always know, like, y'all boy 10 years younger than us or whatever, but, like, y'all 22, but, like, y'all always gonna still feel 22, but your body just ain't gonna be 22 no more. Yeah. Yeah, so, cause you gonna still have the same dreams you always have. That's why we, yeah. not try to push y'all, but, like, tell y'all, Try to find your passion as fast as you can so you can go already towards that. Like, we knew we wanted to try to get on TV and just to be doing, like, stuff like this when we was y'all age. But we didn't even know how to even start that, you know? And then we learned about podcasts and we been wanting to start a podcast, but it took a while to start it. But, like, once you find your passion, you can put everything you got into it already, you know? Like, the people that young, like the YouTubers, for example, they able to put all their passion into something early in life and then you, you reap the benefits at the end. Because like you so free when you're young. Like y'all got a lot of freedom. Like we was talking about like the bills and stuff like that. You don't gotta pay all them. Cause when they start, they don't end. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Because it's hard to go backwards. It's hard to have your own and then go back to living with somebody that can control you. Like you don't want your parents to control you because you feel like you grown, but you live in their house. They do control you. They yeah. literally, you that's, need that's like, them. They just like yeah. having to go to your job or whatever. Like they kind of in control of your time while you're there because 
you need them to pay you that money. So you got to kind of do what they say while you're there, even though, like, maybe you don't even care about this job. But I got to do what they say because if I don't, they ain't going to give me what I need. And like I say, with your parents or whatever, it's like, I need a place to stay that's going to allow me the benefit of not having to really, like, stress. Because, like, think about it. Like I told you, with my, with just my, what I pay a money in rent, that would be crazy to your lifestyle. You're like, how would I do that and still live my lifestyle? I couldn't. But like I say, once you get to an age when you're grown up, you just you make it happen. Yeah. It's just what it is, and that's how it's got to be. That's what I say. Like, you know, you grow up in your own time, but, I mean, life is fleeting because, like, you just never know. Les Brown said you here today and you gone today. You, like you were saying, your cousin died recently or whatever. Cancer. How old they were? He was at least 42. Yeah, that's that's super young. young. Like in that twenty two, you may think forty two old, but we thirty two now, and you realize how young forty two is. Because think about it, your grandma was eighty. Well, she is eighty. Like at her birthday or whatever. Like that's a long life to live. And imagine her living to one hundred and five. That's twenty five more years. It is, and that's that's a long time. Long generations or whatever. It's valuable knowledge or whatever. Like you see that, and like you see like. Man, I can uh, hopefully get to that point one day. Cause like people, I I, I work with an older man now. And he like I always tell him like I ain't talking throwing shots at you for being old. Like I like seeing what you do, what you doing. Cause I want to get to your point at some point in time. I like I want to be able to be sixty two and just like look at the look at look at how the world I went to at sixty two. Because I want to live a long time. I want to make whatever I'm doing big as I can. I can. Do y'all like look at y'all jobs as something y'all can retire from, or just something that's a stepping stone to where you trying to get to? For me, I would say it's just a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine, I could retire, but like, it's like I know it's more out there that I can do to achieve goals or. Like just to make your I life wanna, better. Yeah. I do you even know exactly what you want to do yet? Nah, nah. Go to one. Like, what I really want to do, like, I want to say I do that twist jump, but that's not mainly everything I want to do. It's like so much more than just video games and all that other stuff I want to do. Like, so you see people getting money from video games, yeah. like I maybe can get that, but that ain't my passion. Yeah. But you do it for free, though. You gotta find something that's your passion, then. Yeah, for sure. Because like, T. Grizzly make that money off GTA, yeah, though. exactly. But I'm saying he don't find something that's his passion. Like, he got a loyal fan base, though, because, like, you need the fan base, too, because I listen to Jason Lee. You know, he, he got the Hollywood Reporter or whatever. Like, if you got 100,000 fans and forty, and they all buy a T-shirt from you and you sell them for $40, then they can do the math. Like you do see, math. That's a lot of damn money you making or whatever. Like I say, you just need a big fan base of people that's going to support you and like monetarily, like views wise, like just sending you stuff. Because like it'll be so nice just sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, everybody need that. And like that don't helps a lot for on, on the side end because like you ain't always got all the things you need or whatever. You can't even always know about all the stuff you really need to know about. But you got everybody from different directions throwing you stuff and just helping you out. And that's why I don't think about this. If you, if you, that's why it's good to sign. Like if you starting with a record deal, because a lot of these people not even smart enough to even know how to, um, you know, do a record deal, do business yet, because they ain't been in the game long enough. So you kind of need to sign with somebody that already know how to do business. 
Because, mm. like I say, then you can learn how to do business. Then you can do your own business. But if you try to jump in the game doing your own business, that's how you get messed up. And now you talk talking junk about the people that, hey, they just doing business. They know how to do it better than you. Yeah. That's just life. Like, they got people like, now nah, some, some rappers come in smart. Like, they already, they come in with the knowledge of, I ain't signing no record yet. I'm going I'm to keep doing me until, like, the opportunity is right or... I might just be that rapper, and I'm doing the signing. I got my own label because it's multiple rappers that's doing that now. Like be like NBA Youngboy. Yeah, NBA Youngboy he, makes he a, he so much money. He's an outlier though. How many people can have a fan base that like he can do whatever he want to do, and they don't even care? Yeah, you gotta build it though. It's yeah. like a Corey Holcomb. But that's hard to do though. It's hard to do that. But yeah. it's like if you want to um not sign to a label, you are gonna have to. Do that because you gotta be in the streets. Then you gotta have the streets love you, Dr. Silent Lay, because the streets love somebody that's independent and not with the label, you know, not like on the radio every day. Because it's like for but some you know reason, how hard it is to get the streets to love you, though. Yeah, it's hard. Really, you gotta be consistent. Yeah, consistent, and the streets gotta still love your yeah, consistency you, yeah, and love so your content. You gotta be talented, consistent. Um, just know like what pocket of music, like what you know what 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 pocket of music you fit in. You know yeah, what I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean. What genre, like yeah, what style, like, and what like, style is gonna really make you go up in the music industry? But really, that ain't even like what's something that you can say though, because you gotta do what the people like really, cause like you wanna do the stuff you wanna do, but like like I say with Drake, like he can like come out here and just. Start rapping hard, 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 but people quote unquote ain't gonna want that from him. They know what they want from him, and that's why he gonna give them what they want, and that's why he on top because he give people what they want, and that's why like that's I think about that with the podcast. Like we gotta give people more of what they want mm-hmm. instead of like the stuff that we think we should give them. So it's like for the people we want to tell the people like who we want on the podcast. Let us know. Just hit us up. Because we'll bring them on if they want to show up. Like, we love to talk to anybody that want to come on a show that actually has a story or, like, a business or a creative. We love that, you know? We love talking to people. People love talking to us. We a whole vibe. Because you know what we do the most? We bring value, man. Check us out, man. NavyBlackPodcast.com. You can't get a shirt when you need it. But leading into, like, just being the creative and entertainment, what's been going on with Kyrie? It's wild. Just off a tweet link to a movie. What is the movie called? Hebrews. To Negroes. To Negroes. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it because, like, you see, it was eleven dollars ninety nine cents. It, it's kind of like, like pricey for. That's why I like. Whoa, I don't think it's more like two ninety nine. for a movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like who? When the last time you paid for a movie? Fifty dollars? I guess if you go to the movies, though, you pretty much spend like fifty dollars. You go to the right. movies. I mean, yeah, with my lady. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what all you getting at the movies too. Like, cause like the tickets is like fourteen dollars. But y'all, y'all going to see Black Panther? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going with my mom and them to see that. Like, I already bought my tickets. Oh yeah. Get my tickets Wednesday, Black um, Friday. I gotta find me somebody to go with. Are y'all so? Did y'all watch the first Avatar? Oh, I can't wait for Avatar to come out. Yes. Y'all was kids when the first Avatar we watched, came out. We were like seniors in high school, right? No, we was like freshmen in college. Because yeah, I remember man. watching that when I went to the 3D uh, theater. I was in Murder Beach. 
Y'all were freshman year in college, but how old y'all was then? Probably about. That movie came out in 2009. I was nine. Yeah, so like y'all remember it, but y'all don't remember it like that. As much as that that show, I mean, movie been on TV. You don't watch it lots on TV, right? Yeah, I know that movie front to back. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I guess I mean. Y'all watch it from a different vantage point. Yeah, Y'all yeah, watch it from a kid yeah. vantage you, you point. We about, watch it from like a grown. You talking about point. watching watching it from a vantage point, saying like how big it was when it was really on the scene popping, popping. But y'all probably remember that how big it was when it first came out. For sure. Yeah, but it's like nine. You know, you just yeah, look at everything just different. Then we look at it as a child. Yeah, it's a child perspective. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's crazy. That's why, like LeBron James, for example, we don't get back to like the Kyrie, Hebrews, and Negroes, but like LeBron, for example, y'all. Y'all was born like 2000. Mm-hmm. So yeah. LeBron started in the league in 2003, and y'all don't remember him from the start. It's so funny. He, he always been in the league your whole life, right, to you? Yeah, like, he, he never always. saw a league when LeBron wasn't playing. I they don't remember I that. I, don't, uh, I can tell you right now, the only thing I can remember is I started as a Heat fan because I seen Dwayne Wade when I was six playing against uh, Dallas. Yep, that's crazy, right? That's you feel me? That's what I remember of basketball. Yeah, they don't remember that. That's crazy because, like, LeBron James, we remember when the window LeBron James, but he been in there so long. It's like he been there so long, like, people is grown. They had kids, and he's still in the league or whatever. That is wild to think about because Jalen was born in 2000, and he came in the league in 2003. Like, we watched LeBron while he was even in high school or whatever. So, like, before he was even in the NBA, we was, like, sitting there on a Tuesday night. Because, you know, like, NBA, like, like high school football, I mean, high school basketball, they play on Tuesday and Friday. It's basically so, like, so, like, what you're saying. So, basically, for, like, for us, it's like watching LaMelo Ball come into the league. Like, we watched him from his high school days. Yeah. Up into the league, so like when y'all and watch his whole but, career. But, but think about, but think about like LeBron way like, bigger than the no, no, I understand be. what you're saying. I'm just saying yeah. it's like the same process. Mm. Like us as the age we were, we mm. watched Lamelo come up from yeah, high school sure. all the way up to the league now. Yeah, you know, just yeah. like y'all watch LeBron from high school. But I get, like I said, I still look at it as totally different because like. LeBron James. It wasn't no social media, and then you still knew about LeBron. That's how big like, LeBron was. Right. But his games, like he literally had to play at Akron University, his home, high school on home games because like his home gym could not fit how many people that wanted to be there. He was like, on pay per view. Jay Billis used to be at his game. Dick Vitale used to be at his high school games. Like it just was wild. Like you knew that he was like way better than everybody. Like even like Carmelo them, they was a year older than him, but he still was better than them. And like, you like, if he go to the NBA and do this, he gonna be all time great, and he did. Yeah, it's hard to believe that somebody can actually wow. live up to like the, what they say. Cause LeBron and he with didn't that guy. Go to college. Came straight into the league, was dominated from the first game. I remember that, it's crazy. He played Sacramento the first game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he just lived up to everything. And then to have your teammates talk bad about you before you even get there. Yeah, I know, right? Um, who it was, Ricky? Darius Miles and Ricky, Ricky Davis. Yeah, Ricky on. Davis. Wasn't Carlos Boozer on there too at the time or no? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it was pretty cool because they played on the USA game. USA team. You seen the Redeem team documentary on yeah. Netflix? Yeah. yeah. They, well, that was really dope. So, but get back to Kyrie though. Yeah, back to Kyrie. Um, like I was asking you earlier, a lot of people don't even know what – anti-Semitic is or what is a, a Semite. Anti-Semitism. Yeah, anti-Semitism. Like, 
Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? That one I'm saying, it's created like, uh, well, I'm going to go to the definition unless you want to pull it up. Or not. Yeah, read it. Like well, I'm going to say, I seen Carlos Bitter put a tweet out. It's like, man, my whole life, I only been around black and white folks. Like, I ain't never not knew a Jew-ish person in my life. And I just, like, I don't got no no disrespect to him. I don't know nothing about it. Like, but like, what I did find out though is that Adam Silver is a Jewish person, and also David Stern was a Jewish person. So like, and then yeah, like, and like, that, they that. Always, and the main thing people be saying is that the Jewish people run stuff, and like the two people that I found out were Jewish, was the two NBA commissioners. They run stuff. They run stuff. Like Kanye said, um, I mean, like we don't even like really get into like hate towards any religion or like a race or something like that. We just live a life or just in this world or whatever. And like, so a lot of people don't understand that Jewish people can also be black. It can be black Jews and it can be white Jews. If Kyrie believe he come from being a Jew, I don't see what's wrong with it. I don't see no. that as anti-Semitism. No, that, that, so that's what he believe? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing if he say like he know where he come from. I don't particularly know what anti-Semitism that he's talking about because like, I've just been trying to tune in that shit out because like Kyrie, how he been acting? I just hate, hey, sometimes like I say, $48 of power is a book, y'all. I say y'all should read the book, $48 of power and the book Outliers, but $48 of power is one like, think as you may, but move like everybody else. And sometimes in life, you got to like, you, you can have your own thoughts. But that ain't for everybody. You can kind of move, you just move with the people because like, is it gonna cost you more to kind of make this stand or not? And sometimes people are like, man, you just gotta make the stand. You 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 a cool, you ain't doing this. Like, no, I'm not cool, I'm just playing the game smart. It's the game of life. I'm trying to win. I ain't trying to like, cause like, I want peace. I want to win peacefully. And like, why I gotta win like violently? Why I gotta win like, uh, I don't wanna win like that. That's just my opinion. Like I said, I do wanna stand up for the things I wanna stand up for, which is like helping my people be better people, but I'm not gonna stand up for stuff that I don't even quote unquote care about. Yeah. You know, like, not even saying care about, but I, I have no disdain for Jewish people, cause I don't even, that's not something that's, that's in my front of my Like shows them say like, have y'all ever met a Jewish person? Not really. <laughs> That's most of us down south. We never even met yeah. one. So, like, it's so different to us. It's like, I wouldn't even put my foot in them waters or whatever because, like, it's just a lose-lose because clearly if they don't run everything, they know people that run things because things happen to people that go against them, <laughs> yes. white and black. <laughs> exactly. You feel me? So, like, clearly it's – You see Cole Beasley? What? You know he, you know he was standing up for Kyrie on yeah. Twitter. Twitter gone. Whole Twitter gone. Go type his name in. You can't find him no more. But that's what I'm saying. Like, whatever. I thought Elon Musk bought Twitter. But still, <clears> his <throat> Twitter is gone because I guess he was spewing hate speeches or whatever. But like, I'm just what I'm just saying is that you know you just gotta tread carefully in dealing with that. And like, I don't even it don't even come across my life. I never even be a part of that situation. So that's why I say like I feel like with Kyrie's situation like. I mean, maybe he know more than we know, but like, why not just not just you know? Stop, I still stop don't. Being like, I still don't like the um the fact that he got suspended for five games though. But the, the, go back to one. He, did you see his fines though? Go back to one. He got a uh, he got a five hundred k fine, and then he got a list of other stuff on too. Yeah, but 
I think his game shit like maybe like three hundred some thousand dollars a game or something like that. So five games, that's about one point five mil, right? Yeah, <laughs> got you feel yeah, me? He had to pay five hundred thousand to like he got. But they said they're not gonna take the money though. So who the uh, the ADL or something like that? They said they don't. They couldn't take the money in good faith, knowing he don't actually mean what I mean. Cause he wouldn't apologize. They wanted him to personally say, "I apologize for all that." But ain't that some quote unquote like Tariq Nasheed say some butt breaking stuff though? Cause yeah. like, why? I want you to apologize how I want you to apologize. Yeah, like I want you to bend the knee. Cause y'all ever watch Game of Thrones and stuff like that? I want you to bend the knee. Put your head down and bow to me, boy. I need you to bend your knee and say apologize. I don't know. Don't just be like that's really little boy people though. When you exactly, think about it like that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, and that's what I tell you, human beings. One thing we hate at all human, we hate a big the big brother effect. And that's saying like somebody that's always over you trying to tell you what what to do or whatever, not letting you make your own mistakes or whatever. Forty eight laws of power is, you know, when you wanna be a leader or whatever, you can't force nobody to do nothing. You lead people into doing things. You act like you give them a choice. Instead of like telling somebody go do this, like, do you wanna go do this? Yeah. Cause you try to lead them to doing something so they feel like they had the power of yeah. choice. If you don't feel like you got the power of choice, you always gonna go against it. Like if somebody give you an ultimatum, most of the time you go with the opposite because like you ain't gonna tell me what I'm gonna do as a grown person. Yeah, that's why it's hard to be around people at your job because you like, nigga, I'm grown. Like you ain't gonna never treat me like I'm just a little kid in this motherfucker because like I'm grown. Like I got my own things going on in life, yeah, stuff my like own that. Life, but that, but that, in your thirties. But that's why, like I say, just. The, the the world order or whatever like that they send you to school or whatever and that's just to get you prepped to go to work or whatever it'd be like hey listen to this person this is your person that know more than you because they're your teacher so you better listen to your supervisor or get what your supervisor telling you to his boss and his boss will kick your ass to the curb but one thing i didn't like was all the like black people on tv like piling on like you ain't got a pile on to Kyrie and stuff like that you ain't got to be like he need to be suspended. Like, you let other people do that, you know? Like, you ain't got to say stuff like that. You feel me? Because it's feel like you just piling on to a person because the person, I mean, the people behind you making you do this because they don't want to do it. That's literally what they saying, but they going through you to yeah. say what you're saying. I feel, I, that's exactly what it is or whatever, but I, I mean, I, that's just what they got to do to keep their jobs or whatever. And like I said, I've been kind of tuning it out because it's kind of been letting me down just seeing kind of the black people I look up to on TV, kind of, you know, cape to the other side, man. Like, but I mean, they have to because, like, this is a situation where, like, why touch this this touchy situation when I don't have to? I'm getting paid millions of dollars a year to live my life and be. Because you got to think about, I look at life, I always say this on this podcast, I look at life as like a movie and, like, the old times. And, like, these people are the people, the high-esteemed people, like the bourgeoisie. Like, I saw a party this weekend where it was Puff Daddy party or whatever. Like, the picture of him, Jay-Z, and Mary J. Blige. Like, these are the top elite elite. Like I say, you think about being in that room just to even be around these people in close proximity. We don't know nobody that was there, and we don't know nobody that probably knows nobody that was there. You know, we that far removed from just even being in that circle. But we gotta, that's what I'm saying. We even gotta bring our circle up to this point in South Carolina before we even think about going to that circle. Like, yeah. We gotta be at least known around here, you know? Like, we, I wanna go places and be known here. What was that? Oh, he dropped some oh, over he there. Dropped some.
but anyway, like, but you do, you gotta be known here first. But that I'm saying, like, doing this kind of stuff right here is like that's the exact thing while we trying to do it. Mm. Because I, I, we talk about it, we talk. That's why I know, like, something about our life has got to be coming to a head or whatever. Like, we talk about this all the time between, like, um, tweets. So we see these people in these circles or whatever. Like, we know we have to get a part of these circles to grow. Because, yeah, to like, elevate the podcast to a level it should be at. Like, because I feel like it's dope enough where we should have the dopest people pulling up on us. Y'all feel that way, too? For sure. Appreciate I mean, it. I feel like we 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 just put the, the work in, like I say, like you told her like what T was telling you, like they know we're gonna put it I'm gonna put the research in or whatever. I'm gonna research you and just have a great conversation with you about what you got going on and like just elevate the conversation and like just be able to bring a platform that nobody else has shown that they did because nobody else ain't doing this in South Carolina right now. It ain't, they ain't got the stuff with the technology we got. Like we put a lot of work in doing the technology mm-hmm. and like Think like we just able to have a sit down conversation with some of the South Carolina elite started yeah. off with, and then like I said, we can take it to another level. Cause like Charlemagne started in Charleston, South Carolina. We can be the people that started in y'all hometown, Red Bank. <clears throat> That's their hometown. We thought of that, Jaden. You, you where you say you from? Yeah, really. I asked me that. So when people ask you where you from, I what you Baseburg. This I guess he was in baseball here for two years. Like, I'm not from Red Bank. Yeah, but y'all graduated from Red that. Bank. Yeah, y'all graduated from this Red is Bank. Not where I was born. <laughs> where you was born at Murder Beach, yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> Murder Beach, South Carolina. Murder Beach. Murder Beach. Grand Strand Hospital. Check the stats. <laughs> My team winning. Oh, I know about it. Okay. Jalen was born in baseball, so you're a baseball representative. I mean, yeah, man. Even though, like, I I say that, I say that, and then, but I do think about like where my pops from. So I got that side on me too. So, but but I, you ain't never lived in Blackville. I ain't before. never lived in Blackville, but I know like I know Blackville so, like the back of my hand. Like I know, see, but so much to know yeah, in Blackville. Yeah, so like, so but so basically, you basically go by like saying like, shit, my people from Baseball, my people from Blackville. So that's really where I'm from. That's where yeah. my roots from. I understand yeah, that. That's what, yeah, that's almost like if you was like a, a Nigerian or African, you would say like, you know, I'm from Africa because like we don't know where we from outside of like South Carolina. So like, okay, my roots. So that's exactly where we from too. Like yeah, I went to school in Red Bank when. Did everything in Red Bank, but like, nah. Where you, I, where you went to Christmas, Thanksgiving there? I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, you feel? I even, like, I started real sports in Gilbert. I started playing real football in Baysburg. Like, yeah. so, and then I even had, during rec leader football, I had coaches like, you need to move back to, you need to move to Baysburg to play football, this and that. I knew I wasn't going to do that, but yeah, you it was going to be like us, man. We did it. I chill. I always say that. But, like, uh, anyway, like, um, check this out. I want y'all, because y'all think about this, the takeout situation. Like, do y'all be in situations where, like, y'all feel like y'all not in control of the situation? Do y'all put yourself in situations like that? No, not really. Um, I'm glad you asked that question, like, because I, I was just saying this to them the other day. Like, I feel like us as friends, like, we know where to be and where not to be or like if the vibe is wrong we know to leave or get out of that situation like me personally i'm gonna say something 
Like, yeah. if I feel like I, I don't feel comfortable and I feel like we in a bad, the energy off, I'm gone. Exactly. I feel that same way, man. Like, nah, I don't need to be here no more. For sure. I'm so tired of Brad. But anyway, like, like I feel natural. That's why now I look at life like going to a ball with her. I was like last night with like, I'd be so nervous about even attempting to go to these places because like you just never know how people gonna react because you just you don't gotta be the person that's getting to it with people but like you can just be a person that's just in the wrong place at the wrong time and like people don't care they don't even know you like you you, you just be an innocent bystander and no nobody really care about you because you ain't had nothing to do with the people that's gonna get in trouble so they, they people don't even care about you because you just somebody that just got hit you know and it's just sad to see like the takeout situation just to be like how yeah, I know y'all saw this. They said takeout killer got killed. Mm-hmm. That's untrue, though. So he didn't I don't get know what's shot going in Houston? Like, y'all, y'all, what, what YouTube pages have y'all been watching this week on Man, the takeout situation? I've been seeing so much. Like, I done seen how it was over a dice game. I done seen it was Quavo fall. I done seen so many. Over basketball. Like, yeah. so many other stories. But, like, the main story that I did see, it was like, it was right when I got off work. And, like, it was this girl, like, she was actually there alive, and she was saying, like, it was never over a basketball argument. It was never over a dice game. Like, he got hit with a stray bullet for something. And then they video. said takeoff, and Quavo was actually trying to break up this. Yeah, I, I saw that, so too. It like, what? That they, were trying to, they were trying to break it up. But it was like, also, I heard, like, the dude in the yellow hoodie was the one that uh, just shot takeoff, and then I heard that. He from Saginaw, too, I heard. They say he was Houston. Yeah, they say he uh, he was bad up in uh, up in Greenville or something. Oh yeah, I heard. Then but they was trying to say it was Quavo assistant that shot him. It's just yeah. crazy. I Quavo brother. Oh yeah, Amigo brother, bands or whatever. Saying, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy because like that's how society is when they go to online and people start recording. Everybody just make up a story for something. Everybody, you see everything, you so desensitized. Like, yeah. I don't watch nasty video. And People post what, what y'all was saying about the going out jump. Like, besides him, like, me, y'all see, I'm out almost every weekend. Like, I go out and have fun. Like, but <laughs> even though, even <laughs> like, though, I'm out you. Like, I'm, yeah. I'll be outside for real. Yeah, you gotta but be like, safe out like, here, though. You when be I'm, safe? When I, yeah, for sure. Like, one thing for sure is when I'm out. I always like check my surroundings and I'm I stay but, on point because like this and this though this is something I do that I take because like I say they always afford it all power too is like stay away from the unlucky and unhappy your ass need to figure out figure out a way to change your luck though because like I say you just said you lost keys just at a trash can but sure, you, you you hit like, you you hit the side what keys thing. like um mama keys. <laughs> You feel me? But I can say, but we don't. Let's go to something else. We talking about you hit the side, the, the side mirror, like stuff like that. Like I say, it's unlucky, right? For sure. So you gotta figure out a way to change. Cause I think about it, like you, you get all these tickets and stuff, right? Yeah. Unlucky, right? Yeah. Cause think about, it, I live the same twenty four you live in. You don't never, you don't hear these stories about me, do you? Nah. Cause I ain't happening to me because I'm, I'm, I'm being more. Taking care of like the stuff that's in front of me and paying attention. Mm-hmm. You gotta understand like that stuff happening to you, right? Yeah. So like it ain't happening to me. It ain't happening to me, boy. Frank, I ain't saying I, I don't be around you too much, but I know it ain't happening to you either. But like I'm just saying, you gotta think about that kind of stuff. Like it just happened to me, so maybe it's it's me. I gotta do something different. Yes, sure. 
Maybe I got to, on a road, pay attention a little bit more. When I'm doing stuff like at the house, pay attention a little bit more. Not be so just free-minded, just, just doing this stuff because I'm just doing it. But be more meticulous at what I'm doing. Because you, know, you do got to play the game safe. Because like I say, just like with the takeout situation, it takes one time to make a mistake. And like this, because you think about it like, he had nothing to do with this really stuff, but like he lost his life at 28 years old because like he just let the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong situation happen. And it happened that fast because like the video I watched, it just sounded like a, a baseball conversation with a dude just ego. It just seemed like a lot of ego. And they think, you know, my ego got bigger than yours. My ego bigger than yours. Matter of fact, let's just do it then. And then they say, you know, somebody, somebody else, somebody else ego on the side like, I gotta stand up for my man because like this is my guy, this is my king or whatever. Like, you gotta think about it in the old time, the king, the top people always had people around them that's ready to take one. It's still sure. to this day or whatever. Right. Like, like the game of thrones. They don't your care. Hand. They, yeah. They'll cut your, your hand off for yeah. their guy. I, I I watched that like that show is I learned a lot. Like that show something serious. Like yes. If you the hand to the king, like, the the slightest bit of, like, if you go against the king in any type of way, that's treason. That's treason. treason. That's disrespect. That's exactly. Yeah, like, that, you don't play that, that, that at all. You getting beheaded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's deep. Like, and it's, it's just like, like you said. Like, you like sworn to uh, do everything for the king and not even for you. Right. You feel me? So, basically, you giving up all your will, like, your your life, your everything. Yeah, you ain't gonna have no kids, none of that no more. You can't do none of that no more. Like, you the hand of the king now, you feel me? And that's just how it's gotta be. I gotta have somebody so dedicated to me that they will take their own life before well, they take mine. You gotta have that type of bundle to, to keep their payroll. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be around. in that role. A life with, I wanna get to that life. I mean, that point of my life, though, where I got security, they good. I mean, I don't even want to feel like I need security, but when you get to a point in life, you're going to have to have security. I want to have security. Yeah. I want peace. Um, security, peace, and security kind of come together or whatever. Because thinking like you, you, people only have security because that make them more peaceful. Because like you can't do nothing if you just by yourself or whatever and like five dudes jump on you, but your security got that, that goddamn it on them. Five people ain't coming up on. Or if you walk around like Floyd Mayweather by saying bodyguards, like but see, you when feel you're very Floyd safe. Mayweather, you got to do that. You got to. You got, you the, got money the money to do it too. Yeah, like you, fifty and old, whatever the record is, like you making all this money, like they know somebody, you got somebody it. want that. In talking about that or whatever, we talk about like poverty and like why so much crime goes with poverty because people. They be so angry at themselves and their own lives that they project it to other people. It's like, if escapism. you got yourself together, escapism. escapism. Like, if you got yourself together, you wouldn't even be as angry no more. Because my life right now, I ain't to the point where I want to be at, but I ain't struggling. I'm angry. I ain't angry at my life because I'm actually in motion doing things that I love to do. But if your life every week is like, fuck, man. I'm fighting just to stay above water, uh, preferably, like, you know, whatever that word is or whatever. Like, you fighting, because, like, think about it, like, life is a struggle every day. You're fighting to stay above water, because, like, your pockets mean, your pockets go under zero, that means you're drowning, right? You feel me? Because, like, hey, even though y'all ain't as old as us, you still need money in your pocket just to live your life to this day right now, sure. right? Like, you say, like, because. They at the point where they still ask for gas, hey, I need five dollars gas money when we ride or whatnot. Cause that is it's real. Yeah. But when you get to our age, you don't really think about that because it's like 
I mean, you don't be around your homeboys as, as much anymore because you just living your life. You know, you just grown. You ain't got the same time because some of your homeboys, like saying that, go have a girl. And when your a your girl gonna let you hang around your homeboys more. But if you had like three kids with your girl, you wouldn't be able to be out as much as you be out. You'd be at home with the kids. They, they would never see me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's how fans' life go for you. And like I say, y'all, ten years from now, we was all y'all age where they seeing each other every single day doing the same thing y'all yeah, doing. Like, Cause they you know, like, damn, I, I barely even talk to my homeboys now. Nah, talking about even seeing them. And like, I would, like I said, I be in my head like, I cannot wait till we get up a trip so we just chill with each other for three days so I can just be around my people all the time because like I'm so like, be like damn, I miss all my people that I used to see every day. Like I used to see people every day and talk to them every day just about life or whatever. Now barely even talk to them. It's like that's just a progression of not even the, the progression of life it's just like the distance between like thinking me you and swagger or whatever we, our distance between each other is so far that it's like like you kind of get out of touch with each other even though like you don't want to but social media makes it where you feel like you in somebody's life every day on even if you're not because you can watch somebody's snap story or their instagram story or their pictures on everything and like i'm kind of part of your life even though you really now nah, you virtually a part of their life, but kind of like Ready Player One, you virtually playing online is kind of like Ready Player One. Like you can find your your own tribe online where you find people that you don't know in person, but you play with them online, and that's your boy online. But once you get off the game, you don't even know who these people is in real life. Nope. That's a good movie, by the way. Great, movie. it's a great movie. I Ready love Player it. Player One. Nah, that's one. That's just like. Oh, yeah, the movie yeah. in time. Watch the movie in time. Y'all ain't twenty five yet. In it's town. In time. Oh, in time. With Justin Timberlake and like watch it. It's a deep movie. It's like at twenty five, your time starts because they they go off time instead of money. So it's just not like, just know that like you you if you go broke if you if you lose all your time you die. But the billionaires they got so much time. But everybody say twenty five. But like I say, you around time you die. You got to work for money. It's kind of like you time is time. Money. You got work for time. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So y'all boys saw DJ Academics YouTube this week. Y'all, y'all ever check out DJ Academics? Yeah, I subscribed to him. Yeah, I, I, I check. I'm not. I ain't gonna lie. I was a boy. I was, I was a chat nigga this week. I was watching. I, I literally watched DJ Academics um live. Maybe this was Tuesday night or Wednesday night for about three hours straight like just watching it because like he was solving the case that them boy i'm talking about he was literally they was talking in the chat dog and they was talking he was like they was pulling somebody's face up like find this person or whatever somebody is sending the ig or whatever and like now they don't found this person they don't found this girl that was in the picture this girl like, oh look at here like look at their stories or whatever and like they kind of think it was the next day so their stories still was up for the night before cause like girls they can't help it they gotta show where they at because they gotta show yeah my life better than yours bitch i'm here with all these stars you <laughs> yeah. feel me they gotta show that yeah. so he's going to they start he just finding other people and stuff and like they had, they had the one, they had women there now. They had women. You talking about the takeoff situation? Yeah, right? talking yeah. about the takeoff situation. Well, what I'm saying, he was like, they were solving the whole situation on internet. He like, we the feds out here, man, because like, I love it in my opinion. Because like I say, takeoff had no right to be not living and going home to his mama. So like, I need y'all to find the person that did this and serve them to serve the biggest extent of the law, cause they gotta go to jail because that's so wrong. Like. 
just hearing like uh, how Quavo was hollering his name and stuff, it's just depressing just to hear that. All right, when I find the information out, it was Tuesday morning. I saw Trey Young tweet, no fucking way. And like just to see somebody like Trey Young tweet that, I was like, what is going on out here? Search my engine on Twitter. Trend RP takeoff. Bro, my mama texted me at 7 o'clock in the morning. Takeoff uh, got shot and killed. I'm thinking she mistaken him for somebody else. Yeah. She sent me the, the whole clip or the whole, you know, page. I'm like, bro, it's no way. No, no way. way. No way. That's how I felt too, though. It's like just, like I say, life is fleeting, man. Like that's why you got to play it safe, but you got to go after all the things that you think you need to be going after. The thing that's going to make you live your legacy long term. Because if you're not every day, then like you just wasting days, really, because you don't know how many days you got, but you do know how many days you can you can have when you on this earth every day that you live in. So go after something. You gotta that's take going. advantage of it. Cause Boy. we waste a lot of time and a lot of days, like a lot of hours a day. I'm very busy, and like at this point in my life, I don't really like to give my time to a lot of stuff that I just don't care about, like and. People always be like, you don't ever hit me up and like, not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that I'm so busy Doing and that things. conversation that you having just ain't to a point that I want to stop what I'm I'm doing. Basically saying like, you ain't talking about nothing and other things I'm doing in my life is way more important than what you talking about. Now. So if you want to talk about something that's going to be more important, like Jada just forgot he to switch over there. What you mean? You supposed to be switching it on me? I I've I been switching. No, I said you. you. I, I got that. Yeah, he got that. I, I, I messed up twice. I, I, got, <laughs> I got it. But give me some, give me money, cause I'm about to, I was about to drop some ball on these people. Go ahead, drop. Yeah. Anyway, like I was saying, what I was saying. Yeah, you ain't got no drop. I know um, bones to drop. <laughs> I was about to drop some shit. Now, I had some shit to say, but I was ready to look at the camera and it's like, yes, this Basically, is me. you were saying, like, <laughs> for up, people bitch. not to worry about, if, if if they don't got nothing important to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, basically, I was saying, I was trying to tell, because you were basically saying, girl, women, or whatever, like, if you got nothing to talk about, that nothing that's going to inspire him to a whole other level, that's going to take his mind to another level, that's going to enthrall him mentally, physically, something like that. Shit, you ain't talking about nothing. Yeah, because I'm such an abundance mindset right now. I feel good. Like, I was in the um, bar last night, and this girl before I had left out, she was like, Why are you just so nonchalant in here? You must have got a um, girl at home. And I was like, Yeah, because I ain't want to know whatever. I lied to her. But, like, that's just how I am in life right now. Like, unless, like, I'm very, like, attracted to you, it's like, I, I, ain't, I can't apply no pressure. You, you know, time for I only got time for. I only even got the the want in me to be like, yeah, I'm going after this woman. That man, I know ain't no future in there. You know, so it's like, why even like? I can go put some extra time into the stuff that can get me to the women that's gonna give me that future. Yeah, because like I say, it's a certain realm of women that you know you see inside yourself, inside your brain. It's like that. Okay, I think since, I deserve. Since I'm single at this point in time in my life, I know what level of woman I see and I deserve in my life and like. I ain't really ran across her maybe yet. Maybe I have, but like I said, we ain't got to that point of life where we feeling like that's gonna take us to the next level. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm there with what I don't found or whatever. Yeah, you know, it would be great to have like you know the person that you want to live forever with, but 
not having that also gives you the time to put more time into your passions to get to the person, like you said, that you're going to want to be with forever. Yeah. Jaden thought he had forever. But um, to this day. Brett, Jaden, you know somebody somebody asked me that, Jaden. Hey, mm. I, I forgot. Somebody asked me about you the other day. Jaden like, had some stories in his life. Jaden, you don't live more than like we did. Well, Jaden has a different. Hey, he did. Knows. You did moving stuff. Wow. Like, what, what, were these decisions because of you being young? Or like, no, I yeah. just feel like I just feel this is going to work. It majority is just me being young, but I did at a point saying, yeah, it was going to work. But like, you get older and you start thinking more about stuff, like, it's just like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking about a lot of decisions I done made. Sometimes like, you make bad decisions. See you know, you're, 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 hey, too many. Wait till you, you see yourself in that video. You know you talked a lot of stuff in that video. Hey, you and, gotta stand up and, to and it. And I, I, I've been standing up to it. I kid you not. Like you, you know, ain't paid that hundred dollars a month though yet. Hey, that. But <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I've been, hey. I've been doing what I gotta man. do. <laughs> I've been doing what I gotta do. Besides paying that hundred dollars, <laughs> everything besides that hundred dollars. <laughs> But anyway, that's tight. Like I said, I see the growth in you, though. Like I said, you got to keep – but it's all about – like Frank said earlier, he said consistency. You got to just be consistent. Like, if you keep consistently going to work, getting the paycheck, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Your money consistently start going, going up. Going up. Going up. Man, you start stuff, getting more. The stuff you're doing in life will consistently start getting better, getting better. Everything in your life will start coming together because you're consistently doing it. So, like, whatever goals you're going after, you're getting closer to them because you're consistently going after them. If you just start, like I say, I sold out on working out or whatever. Y'all seen Caesar? Look, Caesar from Black Ink Crew. In uh, shape. In shape, man. I gotta show y'all. I gotta show you this picture so you can just react to it because, like, you gonna be like, "What in the hell?" Like, this is Caesar from um, Black Ink Crew right here. I got boy Caesar boy been that boy in the gym, but like, what did it, it give? It gives me motivation or whatever, and it's like just showing that if you put the work in consistently, he was working for fourteen weeks. Going hard, obviously, because he in the most best shape of his life ever. Yeah. It was like, whoa, you see that picture or whatever. But, like, I just say, just be consistent. And like I say, cause like, you young, like I say, like I just tell you, like, just seeing, like, what Jay doing with playing softball. I'll be, I, I be watching Pell Snap, watching Greg, and just be so happy and stuff. Like, look at my little cuz right there. Like, saying, like, I see you or whatever. It's like, you our little brother or whatever. So, like, you, we want you to obviously do the best you can. Sure. And like I say, you see, we'll see you on a good, positive track. But you gotta, you gotta understand, like you just, you, you ain't at the point of even like, quote unquote, taking care of yourself yet. Even though you feel like you take care of yourself, cause you doing like, you, you buy your food and all that stuff. You, your, your lifestyle is off you. But you gotta understand, your lifestyle is also like that lifestyle we at home, where you go sleep at. All of, and then all of a sudden you go in there to sleep on, like that bed, that couch. All you pay, you had to pay for all that. All that came out of your pocket, and like I say, that's, that's life. That's mm-hmm. just, but just like all this, all this was not just found. This shit was paid for, you know. So it's like I'm already known. <clears throat> but for real though, but like it's um, like brick after brick, brick after brick. But well, I got I got something that's on my phone because I, I I was talking about that genuine family stuff. But like um, I had a lot of questions for the day or whatever. But you know, I can't use them and stuff. I got a question. Go ahead. So do y'all feel like? Jay Prince is responsible for takeoff. 
No, I wouldn't say Jay Prince was responsible. I'd say the person that actually shot Takeoff was responsible. But you would think they would have better people around in the situation, so it, that situation wouldn't even happen. It shouldn't be no beef at it, the uh, party, you know? It should just be a good event, a good vibe. Like, when you have an event, just say, like, your grandma event, ain't no beef there, just a good vibe. Like, if you bringing people together at your event, it should be a cool ass vibe because you should have a, a pre, uh, especially a private event because you bring people that you want there. So do you, you see who they who it, who Quavo allegedly was getting into it with? Yeah. Jay Prince Jr. That's yeah. why he's like throwing. So think about if, they, if I can say allegedly. I don't know if this situation happened, but if that situation happened, that means the two bosses, the two bosses was getting into it. So it's like they little men both trying to be. Trying to be like, I'm standing up for my guy. So it's kind of hard for somebody to tell their boss to, like, you know, hold back, stand out. If you talking, if two bosses talking to each other, because, like, I say, Quavo talking about, you seen me playing basketball earlier or whatever. But Quavo wasn't chilling with Jay Prince Jr. Quavo was chilling with Jazz Prince that day or whatever. He came yeah. to the party with Jazz Prince. He was writing the draw talk with Jazz Prince, okay. not Jay Prince Jr. Yeah. So that's why like, I think people think they hear Jay Prince son or whatever. They forget that it's two different people he was hanging. Yeah, like, I tell people that Jay Prince Jr. and Jazz Prince are two different people. Yeah, I found that out this week or whatever. Yeah, I did too or whatever. I mean, it's, Okay, it's, another question. So how do you feel about the situation of takeoff passing and knowing – Quavo and Offset got beef with each other. Uh, Takeout don't have beef with uh, Offset, do I mean, No, Quavo and Offset got beef with They each got beef with each other? Yeah, yeah and to yeah. add on to that, do y'all think they'll ever get back together or do y'all think they'll like come together and like... Um, it's difficult because these times right here can pull you closer or could pull you more apart. So it's yeah. difficult because we how, don't. How you feel like it can pull you more apart because how, how could it? Because, like, I definitely got to deal with you now, nigga. But takeoff you, ain't even there. But takeoff wouldn't go be dealing with, what you mean? Because takeoff ain't going to have nothing to do with um, offset either because takeoff was going to be Quavo. You heard what Uncle Gucci Man said. You know, if takeoff, uh, if Quavo going, takeoff ain't fucking with me either. So, you yeah. know, takeoff was obviously going to be riding with Quavo. So yeah, but. Would, but they ain't, they ain't they had no off, beef though. Yeah, takeoff ain't have no beef with Offset. Yeah, okay. they ain't had no beef. You feel me? That's why uh, right. Offset had put up take off take off picture on his own Instagram and shit, shit like that. They ain't have. So I was just saying like they had their own beef, so it's difficult. And like I say, y'all generation don't even know like rappers didn't get killed. Like Biggie and Tupac got killed, and they were like the last rapper to really get killed until like Nipsey. Really though, like rappers got killed in between those times, but. Nipsey got killed, and now, like I say, it's the saddest shit. I'm telling you, like, Nipsey, Young Dog, Don Takeoff, like, you know, like, other people in between that, like, MO3 and stuff like that, but, like, those three people, like, those people, like, giants in the industry, in my yeah. opinion, like, and Takeoff probably is the biggest out of all three of them, like, on, like, a mainstream level. Like, these people were doing something with Drake, them, all the time, like, he was on a big he came label. in the game with Drake. Yes. Migos. Was big. Takeoff said he was 17 on his first song with Drake. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm crazy. saying. Think about that. At 28, and I got to live 11 years like that. He always was a star. And like I say, they always carried themselves as these stars, though. Like mm. when they. 
put out that rich nigga on rich and famous. Like young rich nigga, that album. They always look like stars to me. I always knew they were gonna be stars. And like just to see like he wasn't even close to his potential. Cause like they might he was just talking about that um that Nora interview mm-hmm. and people to give him flowers or what I ain't watch all them clips because like that made me sad because like it really was somebody that in 2012, 2013, Mally um playing this song, going to playing the young rich nigga going to the beach and like who are these boys right here? And looking at them and saying like, oh these boys look just like me basically. Yeah. Like black dude with dreads and stuff. So just From listen to the all music and whatever and like Always, like, I've been listening to a lot. Black Shades, the the John Yeah, like the thing about it, Fight Night, his voice on Fight Night, that's an iconic song or whatever. And like just being in the club, like like y'all was in the club when Fight Night was on, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been mean, so y'all ain't that young. We ain't that like go to parties. That's playing. Fight Night came out like 2014. They were in the club. We, we, we were in parties. Then, yeah. Club. But they yeah. still play that still to this day. Yeah, that's Have true. y'all listened to their recent album? Uh, which one? Culture? I, I listened no, to in, uh, to Infinity Link. No, I ain't listened to I listen to straight. Messy on it? Yeah. I ain't listened to the album like, yet. I ain't gonna lie. Like, Takeoff was really on his junk. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, some songs they were swapping in and out on verses. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, and then to top it off, after he passed, the man had got, like, Probably like 1.5 million extra followers after passing. Yeah, I don't think that's kind of weird that people do that. Yeah, that's, that's weird, but it's like, why would you want to show the love now? After he's gone. You, yeah, he's it's gone. like, I feel like that, it's like that's the way you're going to show love by giving a follow, but that ain't doing it. I guess they make his numbers look good, but like, y'all ain't following him yesterday. Yeah, matter of fact, even even with his uh his only solo album, it went up. It was in the top 100 billboards. Yeah, yeah. Don't say a guy. A guy, at my job, like he's sixty-two now. He gonna show me a picture on um, Offset on um, with Take with Quavo when they were younger stuff. Like, look at look at this picture on um, Takeout. He gonna say take. I like man, you ain't even know or care about this man when I told you about this big rapper that had died Monday. But now since it's on mainstream news sites now, he's yeah. supposed. To be, oh, I care about it now. You know, I, I yeah. They telling me they I gave me care permission about to it. care yeah. about it. Yeah, like, like I say it, y'all. I try to tell him a lot of stuff like, you think it ain't a lot of propaganda in this world, but like he like, no, 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 the New York Journal, the Washington Post, that's not propaganda. I'm like, Jeff Bezos owned the Washington Post. What are you talking about? Like, he put out what he want yeah, me to put out. He telling them what he telling them what to say. They ain't gonna say nothing bad about Jeff Bezos in the Washington Post. I know they they never be like Jeff Bezos is a lunatic. Nope. Y'all know who Jeff Bezos Post? is, don't you? Yeah, that's one of the yeah. richest. If yeah, they probably don't work. Nah, you no, worked at Amazon before. Y'all saw huh? you worked at Amazon before. Uh-huh. Oh, that's one job. Yeah, yeah. Y'all he saw done, he done sent me a lot of packages. A lot of packages. Mark, I saw one. Mark Zuckerberg. He only worth thirty two billion dollars now. Facebook has fallen so much. He ain't worth but like thirty two billion dollars now. Yeah, he down there. He what? Yes, he down. He under the wall now. Thirty-two billion. Yes, only thirty-two billion. Like, like you saying that like that's little, but no, it is little. He was worth like then that two hundred million last year. Oh, he dropped it. Like when the stock market was really up, up, he was like up. Like Elon Musk is worth the most in the world now. But it's a dude, the dude that owned Louis Vuitton, um, Bernard or not, he worth like probably the second most. And like um, it's Warren Buffett and you know Bill Gates them. But like I'm telling you. 
hey, you gotta get your money up. That's all I say. Straight like that. But I also want to say this, like I was talking about like, with the gene when it's a family or whatever. It's like I just like with the podcast or whatever, I feel like we only got one day to record or whatever. That's why like I know my thing, I think I really wanna kinda move back closer at some point in time. Like when when the opportunity presents itself with me and uh, my fam, my little fam, like we can find a situation to come back because like Man, it'd be so nice, like with situations like today or whatever. Like, okay, you can't make it happen today, but we can make it happen another day throughout the week. And like, I ain't two hours away. Mm-hmm. What happens is being two hours away, and then like also going to work during the week. You ain't got that the, the most time to to do all that stuff because like days are short. Like I say, working five days in a row, it's like you get off of work and you really gotta be intentional about getting stuff done throughout the week while you going to work also yeah. because like if you don't, Saturday and Sunday, you ain't got time to do that stuff cause you still, cause you wanna chill on Saturday and Sunday but you still wanna get stuff done. You still gotta do the stuff with your, your people too. Like you gotta do some stuff like that too cause you gotta, like I say, you got a girl or whatever so like, you gotta spend some time with her. Like you gotta like, you gotta like, like I'm not, not I'm not saying like with the dudes either. Like you gotta just spend some time personally with her, right? Right. If you don't, shit, sometimes little dude will maybe sleeping in there, man. That's why it's I say, man. it's like it's a give and take, man. Because you gotta go out to your stuff and stuff, but you gotta go out to stuff with your team also. <coughs> like we just saying, your partner or whatever. Like y'all gotta figure out the stuff that y'all gonna do together too. Do you want to do on couple thought? You can do one. Well, we can take these boy. Was it what? Who are y'all high school crushes in high school? Man, I have one. So you ain't never had no crush in high school. Yeah, nah, I know, I know everybody. Okay, I ain't had no high school crush in high school, but everybody know who was the top three baddest bitches in high school. Who was so who like, the who was the baddest chick in your high school? Shit, it's one bitch named Jasmine, and it's she gotta be a b word. I be trying. I, I need to change my vocabulary. It was a female named Jasmine. Um, Dayla. Dayla. Black, white, mid. black, they, black. Um, yeah, black. And like, it was just like, she had the perfect, it's like everything was perfect about her. Like, body looked good, had ass, titties, face. <laughs> face card is a 10 out of 10. It's just so great. A, a bona fide dime. Yeah, like, and still to this day. So you said the girl Jasmine was number one. Number one, no cap. Since since my freshman year, it's all like, like oh, baddie, but baddie. Like, so she had a dude at the school. Light skin mocha. Man, I ain't gonna. Say, I ain't, I don't really. I ain't gonna say she had a dude, but I just know she was she 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 was that bad to be playing niggas. Niggas was out here looking like fools. <laughs> yeah. Niggas was out here dead looking like. So she was in your she was in your grade. Yeah, she graduated with me. You ain't saw a scent. No, I I see you like go to parties or some shit like that, but like on an everyday basis. But, but like, but like you ain't never be like, nah, I can get her a her line of view. I I just I didn't want to. Yeah, you want? Yeah. I would. Like I, say, <laughs> I would. I would. But it's just, it's just <laughs> some fact. It's some fact. Like I'm not finna be like the rest of these niggas and be all up in a female face. Well, definitely. One thing. That's one thing for sure. Like. I ain't finna chase after no no pussy. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, like I'm saying you gotta play. You gotta just matter of fact, it ain't even about whatever she doing. It's like about what you doing anyway. Like you yeah, gotta like step, her to attract to you. Yeah, you gotta you step your me? value yeah. up. 
I was gonna say that's why I always knew like I had to have someone like, that I was I out, to. When I go out with the guys, like I stand on like I'm not finna always put myself out to a female like yep, no need to because I see you see me like you staring at me. So why you can't apply the pressure? That's true. It's great like females that. Females never apply the pressure, but want a nigga to apply the pressure. They ain't female for me. Sometimes it like, is though. I've, out of my lifetime, I probably had five, maybe even ten females apply pressure towards me. It is wild. A female, like, you'll feel like they're applying pressure, but they just applying some poonanny from time to time. Like, but you got to apply that pressure. You feel me? You got to apply the pressure. They, they, to keep the shit going, you got to apply that pressure. Yeah, you got yeah, to keep that junk consistent. Yeah, yep. that's why a lot of times it just don't work out because I'm just not going to do it. Not going to be able to do it, but I feel like you got to continue to apply the pressure. You got to, like, reinvent the pressure, in my opinion. Like, say, doing this thing we're doing, long-term relationship, trying to take it to another level in time or whatever. Like, you got to reinvent the pressure because, like, it's different type of pressure because, like, now I got, like, a, a best friend or whatever on top of, like, just everything else inside of a you woman. Mean, I got a best friend. I don't even talk to her like that. Like, I probably talk to her out of a seven days out of the week. I probably talk to her three days. Yeah. But it's like, like you said, when you got work and you doing stuff all week in the weekend, that's the only time you really get the time to. But guess what? If you, but guess what you get to do? If you stay with that person, all that time when you in the house just chilling, you with. That's why I yeah. stay with my girl too. So like, we get to chill all that time, just just chilling. If even though we might not be talking all day, but we just she she might be sitting on the couch, I'm doing something else and just chilling. But like we staying in the same house and we just always around each other. For sure. That's what you want to get to at some point in time. But y'all boys so young, like I say, I just feel like, like I say, you got to step up, like keep st- stacking it up or whatever and getting you a little ride or whatever just to keep moving or whatever. Because, like, if you ain't got that, you ain't really got nothing. Like, I say, you got to you gotta press the to get that situation. But, I mean, you know you will. You got to work hard. Like, they For always. Sure. always shifts. They always tell me, like, and it's still to this day because, like, yeah, I'll be in somebody else's vehicle and all that, but it's like, Tain it, it up. Ain't, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing like moving with your own stuff and doing doing what you want to do. Exactly. I'm telling you, it ain't. I'm t- I've been doing it for a while. It's like, you think about it, our whole life, we've been out here gone, like, most of the time. Like, like you would never, you like, you would never see me call one and be like, yeah, I'm finna. Stay tonight at the little shorty house. Because I already know that's not going to happen. Yeah. But if I'm in the truck, okay, cool. That's cool. But, yeah, yeah like, that's why I need my own. Say, hey, say, what? He bring that truck back. He bring that car back home yeah. every night. Better. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you. This is last resort. You can't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true, though. You can't, though. You, I can say, because the thing about it, Jalen, Jalen, no, been through that man, been gone. on to stay in other places for a while. <laughs> Think about life being, you don't really learn some lessons in life. I like, learned a lot of lessons. Because like, what, what would you say, why would you say you learned these lessons? Because like, you should feel like you just I wanna be. I put myself in struggles that I shouldn't never even been in. I'm that what I'm saying. Like, why you put your, why you feel like say so defiant and not quote unquote listening and not going with the get down to just make stuff easier into the, why you, how you learned your lesson this time? Listening, listening to any and everybody like that's already been through the situation or been through something. Cause like, I can't tell nobody something that I ain't never been through yet. Yeah. Like, 
Exactly. I done, put, I done put myself in situations that I should have never been in, and it done put me down to the bottom. And it's like once I listen and I done got older and realized all the stuff I done been through in the past, it's like, why? Why Why would you do that? Like, why, why, why even make that decision? Like, if I, if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self at the age I am now, I'd probably slap myself. Like, cause it's like, get yourself right, boy. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, it's a whole, like, if it was a such thing of going back in time, I would change so much stuff I did and do it a different way. So, what's way. the number one thing you thought you would change? I know I would have never. I know I would have never uh, left the house. For the first sure. time. Yeah, I would have never left. Or the second time. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, another one was probably like. I wish I would have took school more serious. For real, for real. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 if way. I would have took school more serious, like I only played high school football one time and didn't even. See the field for real, yeah. Knowing he saw the field was the sideline, like, <laughs> and then like knowing I had the skills and I had, but if you just I had enough, more years, if I played more, like after after eighth grade, I didn't touch a football field. Yeah, I didn't touch a football. Like I tried out for basketball, and then I didn't even go back. And you like the basketball better than football, right? Yeah, I like the basketball. Oh, you like basketball? Jaden, a basketball player, but he ain't got that. No, you know what it is? He just like he got a football body. Yeah, you feel me? Like, but I can do it. I love basketball. But it's just like I never took school serious enough to even pursue anything. Like, What was the first thing you said? Oh, you the um, what did you say? You the change something. What did you say? Oh, you the change from moving with mama or whatever. And that's what I was about to say because I remember me, I remember when I was standing at a year, right? Remember when yeah. I was standing at a year? I used to always tell Jalen or whatever. I'm like, hey, now do you're 16 then, but this is an after death, so this is probably a two year. I'm like, Oh, you need to try to stay among them as long as you want to. Now you see the blueprint of how I did this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I say, just just do the in the bad man, just do the consistent stuff. Be consistent. Like put some stuff in there and make some stuff easy for them. They don't even they think they think you're an asset instead of a liability. Cause once you start being a liability, nobody if you the son or like just somebody off the street. You kind of get start getting on my damn nerves now because you, sure. you're taking stuff away from me instead of like adding stuff or just keeping it, just keeping the stuff that like you're not making me lose any stuff. So when you start making other people lose stuff, then I'm like, I need maybe even cut this loose end off because you know you get tired of losing stuff. That I would say just be like you said though. Now you're being more consistent and it come with age or whatever. It come with more wisdom. I can say soon enough you'll be saying you get your own place or whatever. You'll be doing your own thing. Right. And another reason why I say I wish I would have took school more serious, because y'all said it too. Like, if I would have took school more serious, I would have had a car when I first got my license. As soon as I got my license, I would have been in my own car. This man got the most perks ever. Like, this man could get help from so many different directions of people. But, like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the simple stuff. But get y'all social media. It was just it was just me being young and thinking I can do everything on my own. But let Frank answer this question real fast though. Um, you said about um stuff that you wish you could change, like something that's like you know you only twenty you twenty two now right? Yeah. Like like think about it, like stuff you could change like four or five years ago like coming out of high school. Well, to piggyback off of what he said, um, I should have took school more serious too. Um, I did try for basketball. I didn't make it, so I, I pretty much gave up on it. Um, 
now, I mean, now, I guess, I just work all the time now. I'm just trying to stack my bread up and just get my life together now. Yeah. Um, I never really liked school, so I didn't, I didn't really see a college yeah. future for me. Um, which was, which is fine. I mean, yeah, you gotta learn what you want to learn. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, at this point, I just want to stack my bread and get my life going in the right direction. That way, I can really do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, if I had to change anything. I don't think I would change nothing because I probably wouldn't be who I am or where I am at today. So. Yeah, you still want to be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about that too, but I would definitely change a couple of things. Like just, just, to, just to change a couple of reactions to <laughs> things. I, I would say I'd change <laughs> how I went about things rather than change the whole situation. Yeah. I would change how I went about it. Exactly, because it's some reactions that you like. I could have acted a little bit better than that. And I know it because I just wasn't as wise as I am now. I can look back on like, that was very immature. Like, it's things that you do as immature. And that's why they say, young, you do immature stuff. And that's why I look at older people like, they so wise. I just, I love to catch some of that wisdom. Well, y'all give y'all socials, though, so we can get up out of here. Got a little short pie today, man. Just drop it back. And matter of fact, before y'all give y'all socials, though, I want to say this to the people. I know we've been missing a lot. I know we need to pick back the pace up. We're going to pick the pace up, but we're picking the pace up and saying getting more people on, figuring out what we're going to do, how we're going to schedule these people, whatever, because, I mean, we obviously obviously they know we're trying to have people, but I mean, yeah. maybe they're just not pulling up on us. But it ain't their fault. It ain't our fault. It's just, it's just our situations. Life. is just life or whatever, but. Some point in time we're gonna get somebody on here, we're gonna get a good great great conversation. Y'all gonna tap back in. It's great like that. Give your social jail. You know what I'm saying? You just add me on the uh not snap. Instagram at Chosen Man's and uh shout out to my boy Foo. Follow him on the ground. We're gonna get him on the pod too. Cause my boy working hard in future uh studio. I see ambitious few. I was popping up on my own on the neighbor black pod. Yeah, the glasses. Sure. I know that. That's tight. Shout out to that. That's real. He been working hard. I he was somebody I talked to that time at your party. Could yeah. be little, but and like he was telling he was on that straight and narrow. Like he got a vision. He got a plan. He gonna execute it. And mm-hmm. that's what you got to do in life. Execute your plans. Get yours, Frank. Um, y'all can follow me on Instagram at Franco underscore two times, and um. I guess follow me on TikTok, Blackout Boy Franco. Okay. B L K. No, just spell it all the way out. Okay, Blackout Boy. Blackout Boys. But you can follow me at Watch One because on Twitter, Instagram, Sunday on the guy on the snap. And I got to say this. Appreciate you, Jaden, for pulling up because, like I say, Jarn ain't in the building today because, you know, he had to work and his kids' birthday. So, shout out to the twins. It's their birthday. That's that's so tight, man. They fine. They fine. I mean, they all over the place right now, whatever. But appreciate y'all boys pulling up because, like I say, we need help on the way. Jaden, I mean, Jarn couldn't be here today. Jaden pulled up for, like I say, and like I say, you talking about leadership and stuff like, we asked Jaden to come. I asked you a little early in the week or whatever. Just like, if you didn't pull up, I would have to do it. But like, it's so tight that you can pull up because like, we don't need you all the time. But we do need you. We know we can count on you. And that's all you need in life. Somebody that you can count on. Just for sure. the small thing. Just for an hour and a half, two hours on a Sunday. What are we doing? It ain't the worst thing. You could be doing a lot worse than chilling in an environment that you can do the things you want to do in. And like you say, 
It's a vibe too. It's a vibe. It's like. You, I feel like you come over here having a conversation, just releasing what's in your brain right now, whatever. And then, like, after we turn this off, then we can get back to regular schedule programming. But this is something you need this every week. And I love doing it's funny, this. like, before, uh, when we get done, before y'all take our headphones off, when y'all take our mic, like, dang, it did feel like you live in a whole different environment because, mm-hmm. like, you literally listen to the podcast through the headphone instead of just listening to us talking our regular voice. And it's so quiet in here. It's like the only thing you hear is us talking or whatever. It's literally a But you a hear us talking through the uh, microphones instead of just hearing us talk yeah. in this space yeah, or whatever. True, like we talking through the microphones right now. But you can follow me on IG and Twitter at the Money QB. Follow me on Snapchat at Fine Ass Twin. Go to the Navy Black Podcast IG and Twitter at Navy Black Pod. Go to the website NavyBlackPodcast.com. Also go to the YouTube. Subscribe and like our videos. We just trying to grow, trying to get clout. Type in Navy Black Podcast. It's gonna pop up before you even finish. Cause we've been doing this thing. We've been. Not as consistent as we usually be, but we've been doing it for a while. So check us out. We actually got good content. And then you can actually see my pretty face every week. Bring value. You say you got a pretty face, but hey, everybody know this one, boy. Been way prettier, boy. Got the MVP on that stock account. But this is the Navy Black Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah, it is. Over with a guest that's gonna get that fire ish. <laughs> yeah, I just say. How did y'all miss me though? Audio jumps.